Welcome to Films from the Phantom Zone, your podcast about failed and forgotten comic book movies, where we watch a forgotten superhero movie and decide, does this belong in the Phantom Zone to be forgotten forever, or out and about for everyone to rewatch and remember fondly. My name is Arnaldo. I'm your host. I'm joined by Birdo, co-host, Spider-Man fan. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> You'd call yourself a Spider-Man fan? I would. Well, it's Spider-Man season, Birdo, so please tell me and all the listeners what movie we are reviewing today. The Amazing Spider-Man, which was released in 2012. Oh, and Andrew Garfield is in this one. Yes. Like, for sure. Yeah, I can confirm Andrew Garfield is in this movie. Andrew Garfield is in this movie. I can't speak for the new movie that's not out yet, Mm. but yes, he is in here. I saw him. Yes, I did see him. His name is on the poster. Yeah. We watched about two hours of him on screen. Can confirm. Now, the obvious thing to do here for Spider-Man No Way Home, which comes out in like a month, is to do the Sam Raimi films. But that's like too obvious, right? I would argue that these ones are a little bit more low-key. They're a little bit less talked about. No, absolutely. I would definitely say like, as far as forgotten movies go... Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2 are kind of forgotten right now. Yeah, they're way more forgotten than yeah. like the Raimi films. The Raimi films have like serious longevity. Which is weird, speaking of like they're the not quality as of those films. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think they're... And Okay, so here's the thing. We're obviously going to discuss the Raimi films in the process of discussing Spider-Man in general, right? Right. But, you know, when, when going down our list of movies that we're going to watch... For this podcast, and we have a whole episode, like our third episode was dedicated to just going down the list. <laughs> Although since then, we've added like 20 movies to that list. Yeah. <laughs> we might have to update that. Um, we can patch it, right? <laughs> <laughs> we <can>, Maybe. <laughs> um, we can't just do all the exciting movies up front, because then what are we going to do like in two years from now when we're getting to the end of the list, you know? Yeah. So we pretty much accidentally ex- decided that like the grand finale of our podcast, the films from the Phantom Zone, is going to be... Sam Raimi, Spider-Man. Yeah. They're iconic superhero movies in general, but also they kind of represent, like, the trilogy as a whole represents the, I want to say, the failed part of our podcast. Yeah. Mostly when it comes to Spider-Man 3. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) what a colossal (laughs) drop of the ball. But what movie or movies on our list do you think you've seen the most? Honestly, probably those. Yeah, just exactly. from my childhood. That's that's exactly my point. It's Spider-Man 1 yeah. and 2. Those are the two movies on our list I think I've seen more than any other one of our movies. So it's definitely, I think it's going to be our climactic finale. It's something we got to build up to. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Amazing Spider-Man 2012 starring Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, Dennis Leary, some other people. Um, Sally Field, Martin Sheen. Yeah. It's a good cast, actually. It's a great cast. <laughs> We're going to talk about it. Um, this movie is not available on any streaming service. So sorry. Um, yeah, I just happened to own it. So I own it as well. You can rent it. Or I found out because I, I wanted to watch it on my computer. And like some, depending on like your cable carrier, your cable network, we'll just have it on streaming. Like on demand. Okay. I, mean, I watched like half of it on demand, but there's commercials. So I got really annoying. <laughs> So it's like with most Sony movies, it's like, eh, this isn't really available to stream. It, de- it depends on the specific movie. Like, this was on Netflix a few years ago, I want to say, and, and no, it's not, obviously. So we'll see. I think that this should be made available to stream somewhere. I think Sony and Disney need to have another talk about um, 
distribution. Yeah, because like, you know, Elephant in the Room. And, and there's a new trailer for No Way Home coming out on Tuesday. There's going to be a lot of hype for Spider-Man movies. Yeah. So current date today is the 15th of November. As when we're recording this, I'm, I'm aware it's not the same date that you're listening to this. Um, and so we haven't seen the new trailer that's coming out. In, tomorrow. Tomorrow to, Oh, night. sorry. Tomorrow. Yeah, it's coming out yeah. tomorrow. We don't know, but the like the prevailing theory is that that trailer is going to basically announce Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. And there has been a video going around of Andrew Garfield, what looks like his Spider-Man suit, like on a set and stuff. That's been going around for months. Yeah, well, he said it was a photo. He said it was a Photoshop. And people laughed at him. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen videos deconstructing this video, and they're like, I don't think it's fake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's kind of the worst the, kept the, secret. Was it the corridor? Um... I don't know. I, I haven't been looking oh, at that kind of thing. They're like special effects guys. Oh, they're like yeah, no, I know yeah. what you're talking about. They watched that video and to determine if it was a deep fake or not, and they're like, either this is the best deep fake ever, or this is like real footage of something. <laughs> <laughs> so my point is, there's a lot of excitement, yeah. right, about this particular, not just Spider-Man, but like these iterations. The Tobey Maguire iteration and the Andrew Garfield iteration. And now is the time to put this kind of thing on a streaming platform. Right. And Sony should be making a deal with HBO Max or Netflix or whomever to be able to stream this. Yeah, on a major service. Yeah. Yeah. Parties would benefit from this, so. Yeah. At the very least, and I don't want to go ahead and say, like, what I think about this film, but, like, you should rent this. Like, if it's a couple bucks, rent it because it's definitely worth watching. Yeah, at least once, and especially around this time with Spider-Man season, Spider-Man season, and with those rumors floating around that this Spider-Man might be in that movie, right? So, yeah, (laughs) definitely watch this film. Yeah, rent if you have to. So, so guys, uh, before we go on, we are streaming right now on Twitch. We stream all our episodes on Twitch. We record them like live. So if if you're listening to us, if you want to yell at us, if you're on TikTok and you're like, "Fuck, I want, I want to." Give these guys a piece of my mind. Hey, you're actually so welcome. Come on twitch.tv slash films from PZ. We record on Mondays usually. We're here. We're live. Come on the chat. Come fight us. Like, <laughs> Or if you have something you think you want to like add, if you want to discuss the film while we discuss it, hey, you can do that too. And that's uh, what we're doing right now on twitch.tv slash films from PZ. There are time codes in the description, so if you scroll down, you can see when to skip around if you want to skip around. But basically what we do here, the background, sometimes, depending on the film, basically comic origins, if there's something worth mentioning about the production of the film. Then we do our initial expectations of the film, and also like when we first saw this movie. We go through the plot, that is the kind of main focus of the movie. Um, we kind of deconstruct as we go along before we analyze the movie to our, the best of our abilities. Then we do my favorite segment, Keep or Cancel, where we talk about the people behind the film and we decide, do we keep them or do we cancel them? <laughs> uh, before finally deciding, does the film belong in the Phantom Zone or not? So, Berto, are you ready? I'm ready to go. Cool. Oh, actually, before we start, we missed some stuff in the last episode. Ah, shit. Shit, <laughs> shit we missed in the last episode. Stan Lee was, in fact, in a cameo in X-Men 1. Okay. We, we missed it. That's the thing. Ooh. It's so subtle. You remember when Senator Kelly comes up on the beach? Yeah. He's there. He's like the hot dog vendor. Oh, shit. No, he, or he's standing. He's, like, getting a hot dog from the hot dog vendor. He, like, he's barely in when it. When Senator Kelly goes on the beach and then, like, just kind of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, he's not in X-Men 2, so we're correct about that. But then obviously he's in X3. Because we just did the X-Men movies. Those episodes are live. Check them out. You said there were only three Omega-level X-Men in the movies. You left out Storm. You said only Jean Grey, Iceman, Magneto. My bad. Storm is an Omega-level X-Men <laughs> who's in those movies as well. Uh, that one wasn't a big deal, but I really wanted to roast you for a second. <sighs> to be fair, I also feel like the movies kind of forgot about Storm sometimes, too. Yeah, and they also forgot about o- Omega-level X-Men. <laughs> they only they like classified them as like class one through five. Yeah, which is not... Is a that real a, classification system for them. I is that think. a thing? I didn't. I don't think so. I don't think that's a thing either. Yeah. Initial expectations, Berto. What were your expectations going into this movie now? And do you recall your expectations when you saw this movie in real life? I thought we were doing a background first. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Background. Let's do some background. <laughs> Everybody knows Spider Man. Here's the thing. Yes. I, I feel like, is it worth sitting here and talking about Spider Man? This morning I read amazing fantasy number 15 i'm like this is super interesting it is but also it's like this is you know what i mean like who doesn't know spider-man i'm sure there's some people that don't no everybody knows spider-man we can do a cliff notes version <laughs> he's it's just fun to talk about spider-man though. 1962 two. 60 um, years ago 60 years well, ago next, this year next year oh it's 2021 yeah. bird i don't know what year it is wow. 59 oh, yeah so next year we're gonna celebrate spider-man <laughs> Created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Pretty straightforward. Stan Lee wanted a new character that was more relatable, right? Yeah, because at this time, like, none of the heroes were, like, of teenage age. Like, the yeah. only teenagers were, like, sidekicks. sidekicks. This was something, like, very different at the time to, like, have your main character be, like, a teenager. Yeah, he wants something relatable to his readers. And the readers are what? Young, nerdy boys. And he's like, yep. we don't have any young, nerdy boys in the Marvel Universe. What, like these kids can't relate to like billionaires like Tony Stark or like so <laughs> like soldiers like, like Captain exactly. America from fucking World War Two. Nobody remembers World War Two. It's a six. It's been twenty plus years. Right. Yeah, almost twenty years. Another thing he wanted to do to make the character relatable is give him like money problems and like girl problems. Yeah. And like like normal person problems. Yeah. So Spider Man was almost like a comic book soap opera. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like that's what Raimi did with this. That's what Raimi... Raimi went a little too much with it. The Raimi movies, and I'm going to mention that a million times, it's a soap opera version of an Archie comic version (laughs) of Spider-Man. That's what those movies are. Yeah. But did you know that he basically... I mean, this this seems like peak Stan Lee, where he's like, all right, let me go get a list of animals. I'm going to go down the list. Ant-Man... We did it. It's been done. <laughs> Batman taken. Like, just went down a list. Eventually makes it all the way down to S. Gets to Spider-Man. And he's like, that's it. It's perfect. Hasn't been done yet. Let's do Spider-Man. But people hate spiders. That is kind of funny, actually. <laughs> now you mention it. Because it's like, you know, Batman, I mean, at least what they wrote, probably retroactively, was that, like, people are afraid of bats. And he wants to be a symbol of fear. And so he chooses right. the bat, right? Yeah. That's not touched upon in Spider-Man, like, lore ever. Like, people are afraid of spiders, but, like, Spider-Man is very friendly, relatable, he's outgoing, he's very... F- you know, like, yeah. his color palette's very bright. Usually. He's right he has his dark faces. Oh, true. We actually talked about that. We, we talked about Venom. We talked about the background of Venom in our Venom review. And we went through the whole, uh, he was he was a black suit for a while, yeah. right? Which is just one of many, many, many 
suits or alter egos that Spider-Man has had. Yeah, well... He's been a part of the Fantastic Four at one point. Yeah. The thing about Spider-Man, and I think it's one of his constants throughout, is that he is... His story is simple. Yeah, he's had a lot of stories, and a lot of them can be complicated, like anything in comics. The complicated ones are usually the poor received ones, too. Well, that's the thing. (laughs) Like, he's a character who should just be as simply told as possible. Like, it works better like that. He's a character that you can, like, pick up any comic with Spider-Man in it, and you're like, cool, I get it. It's Spider-Man. Like, I know Spider-Man. I get it. You compare it to, like, X-Men. We just did those X-Men movies, and we're like, we were were sitting trying to explain the Phoenix Force, and we're like, I don't know. I didn't read them all. It's very complicated. I missed a few dozen (laughs) issues. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, this character in some versions is this way, and he has a very convoluted origin, and then he's related to these other six characters, except sometimes they're not. Like, it gets very complicated sometimes. Yeah. And with Spider-Man, it's always pretty much like, it's straightforward, you know? He's also, like, interacted with almost every other character in the Marvel Universe, too. Yeah, and I think that's kind of a product of being the most popular character ever. He'll show up in, like, every crossover. Like, ever made. Like, <laughs> Spider-Man is the most popular, like, fictional character there is. <laughs> like, yeah. it's insane. Which is why everybody probably knows his origins, which this movie will go into, so we don't really have to talk about that right now. Right, and I, the only <laughs> thing I thought was funny about, like, because, I, again, I read uh, Amazing Fantasy 15, it was just his debut comic. I read it this morning just to be, like, fresh on it. It's just kind of, like... The fun parts about, like, 60s comics is that, like, you know, you, like, you turn the page and you just see, like, a wall of text and you're like, oh, God, <laughs> it's going to take me forever. First of all, it's like it's a regular. a lot of reading. It's a, it's like a regular book. Yeah. It, it's not like today where, like, it's very, like, comics today are very cinematic. Yes. You know, like, it's almost like watching a movie on pages, right? Whereas I turn the page and, you know, he's. God, he's explaining every single power that he's had. <laughs> like, oh, and now Peter Parker can uh, climb walls. Like he crushes a pipe when he gets to the top of the of the building, when he's discovering his powers, and he's like, I'm so strong that I crushed this pipe. Yes, I saw that. You didn't have to say it. <laughs> you know? He's like, oh, golly. <laughs> I loved on the first on the very first page. And you know, I'll talk about this later. But on the first page, he gets bullied because, like, he's a nerd. <laughs> like, on the very first yeah. page. Uh, and it's like, he doesn't even know how to dance. He doesn't know the cha-cha. <laughs> just think about the kids today. And then he, like, he asks something a, like that. He asks a girl out, and she's like, you're just not my type. Not when there's dream boats, like, Flash Thompson <laughs> around. And Flash is like, yeah, get lost, Pete. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> oh, my God. Which, again, the Raimi movies pretty much do that. That's the thing. Everybody just hates it's, Peter it's for a no direct reason. translation, those films, I swear. <laughs> the other thing I want to talk about real quick is uh, Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy was Peter's, like, first love interest. Like, she predates Mary Jane. Yeah. And from what I gather, like, Mary Jane is only more popular because of, like, movies. Because... And the, people love Gwen Stacy. People love Gwen Stacy. People prefer Gwen Stacy. I, yeah, that's the thing. Like, and, and I mean, he, you know, he Peter ends up, like, marrying Mary Jane, like... Still a long time ago, like in the 80s or whatever, they get married. Yeah. But still, like, you know, they love their Gwen Stacy. And maybe that's also part of the reason why, like, another universe's Gwen Stacy, like, ends up becoming Spider-Man. Right? She becomes uh, Spider-Gwen. Spider-Gwen. She's yeah. got her own comic book. People love cosplaying as uh, Spider-Gwen. Well, her, her costume's cool as fuck. It is cool. <laughs> it's like a hoodie. Yeah. And, like, She's she, she made, uh, yeah, the Spider-Verse Spider- yeah. movie. On-screen debut there, I guess? Yeah, even though, um, in case you don't remember, she was in the Raimi movies. Played by Bryce Dallas Howard. 
Yeah. I think she was only in Spider-Man 3, though. Yeah, for like a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she's dating Eddie Brock. So stupid. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> but basically, Gwen Stacy, Peter's first love interest. She's also a scientist. Like, in the comics, she was a scientist. And that's how they got to know each other. That's what attracted them to each other. They're both smart. Um, she does not know of Spider-Man's identity. That's kind of a important plot point for Gwen Stacy in the comics. Doesn't know who Spider-Man is. Right. Despite her dad does know who Spider-Man is. So something that they kind of changed up in the movie. But I think the main reason we get Gwen Stacy in this movie is because this movie spends a lot of time trying to distance itself from the previous films. Yeah. There was so much Mary Jane in those movies. We need to do something different. Let's do Gwen Stacy. And this movie actually came about after Spider-Man 4 was canceled, basically. And then last character that I want to talk about is the lizard you just read... His debut comic, right? Yeah, and I watched the first episode of the Spider-Man animated series from the 90s, and the Lizard's the villain in that, too. The very first episode? At least the first episode I put on. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was going to go... I actually was going to do that very same thing, and I didn't have time. <laughs> the movie mostly gets it right. Dr. Kurt Connors, he's a genius. He's kind of like a mentor role to Peter in different iterations, and he's missing an arm, doing experiments and stuff to try and remedy that becomes a evil lizard the only thing i remember from that first comic he has like an army of alligators he does have like an army <laughs> um, like always following him. when he's introduced in the comics it's more of like a villain of the week type thing cause right I, yeah that's what a lot of them were exactly part of his story that the movie didn't go over is that he has a family oh yeah not 100 percent sure about in the comics but in the cartoon at least his family knows that he's the lizard and that it's like a problem it's like he hulks out when he becomes a lizard. Okay. So he's not like permanently the lizard. Not always. It's complicated. It's complicated. <laughs> but um, <laughs> he usually looks like a lizard that walks on two feet, but he has like a snout like a lizard does usually. Not like in this movie where he's a bit more humanoid looking. Well, I mean, he doesn't always have that snout, I feel, right? Yeah. And he usually wears a lab coat. Lab coat and purple pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he is one of the first villains that Spider-Man encounters. In, might the, be in like the show. A, in the show and in the comics. Appeared in Amazing Spider-Man 6, November 1963. Yeah, the sixth issue. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so one of his early villains. Spider-Man does undo like his transformation, but like subconsciously the lizard's like always there. And sometimes it reemerges. And that's what I meant by like, it's like he hulks out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he hulks it, out in this movie too. Yeah. But it says here... um, that when the lizard uh, resurfaces, uh, often retaining Connor's intelligent, he attempts to replace mankind with a race of reptilian creatures like himself. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Which is something that people made fun of this movie for. But it's from the comic. It, yeah, it's not inaccurate. Nice. I like that. <laughs> cool. The other thing I want to talk about is this movie in general, how it came to be. Basically, you know, we were all there. 2007, Spider-Man 3 tanked. Yeah. Like pretty much received unpopularly all around sam raimi as soon as the movie came out was like yeah i regret all of this like my heart was not in it there was a ton of studio interference mm -hmm. he's very open about it too yeah and basically they had a date for 2011 for spider-man 4 and they were going to film spider-man 4 and 5 back to back they were getting ambitious yeah and the main villain was going to be vulture portrayed by oh john malkovich yes 
John Malkovich. Yeah, as soon as you said that, I thought of like, oh, what's the role that he's in? Oh, he's in the movie Being John Malkovich. <laughs> which is about <laughs> fucking him. Yeah, John Malkovich. Oh, that uh, would have been... He kind of looks like the vulture. So here's the thing. I kind of want to do like a series of bonus episodes on unmade movies. Because there's like... We could do Spider-Man. There's like six or seven that we The Nick do. Cage Superman. There's the Nick Cage Superman. There's a whole documentary about that movie that's very good. We can do a Batman one. There's, I think, one canceled Batman movie, wasn't not there, including the Ben Affleck one. Wasn't there is, what uh, Tim Burton's third Batman movie was supposed to be? Yeah, okay, yeah, or is exactly. Is there enough information yeah. on that? Uh, there's enough to where we can piece together some episodes, I okay. think. I definitely want to do this because Spider-Man 4, there's, like, artwork. There's a video game that they were making that some footage came out for it that was based on the Spider-Man 4 movie. So there's plenty there. But basically, they were going to do Mysterio. There's storyboards of it. It was supposed to be Bruce Campbell, right? Bruce Campbell was going to be Mysterio <laughs> who, after this whole time. Who appeared in all three movies. Uh, yeah, he has cameos in all three films. So the <laughs> idea was he's Mysterio this whole time. But he was going to be like just like a fucking chump. Like right. the movie was going to open on him being caught, right? And then the main villain was going to be Vulture. And you get the feeling that also they were setting up Lizard. Yeah, Dr. Connors was in Spider-Man 2 pretty prominently. Kurt Connors was in 2 and 3. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's uh, the one that he brings a symbiote to in 3, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're planting the seeds there for like him be- to become a villain, and it obviously never happens, right. right? So because of the poor performance and because of you know Raimi not being into it, they've scrapped it. Right, but because and we've talked about like movie licenses and how these kinds of things work. We talked about it on the Venom podcast. If Sony wants to keep the most successful movie license there is, they're basically, gonna find a way to do it. They have to make another movie. Instead of making Spider Man Four, they basically said we're gonna flip this and turn it into a whole new reboot. Yep. And actually, a lot of people that were brought on to work on Spider Man Four ended up working on this instead. Yeah. No, it's the same exact production. Yeah. Like Which the, is, <laughs> like, this movie was Spider-Man 4 right. at one point. The only yeah. thing that they, they, I mean, they changed the creatives. New script, new actors, yeah. new uh, new director. But everything else was just kind of like, yeah, we're all here to make Spider-Man 4. I guess we're making Amazing Spider-Man now. <laughs> you know. So they brought on these two writers, James Vanderbilt and Alvin Sargent. Uh, has won two Academy Awards. Uh, oh. Also uh, was one of the writers on Spider-Man 2. Okay. It's so like the Raimi one in 2004. That was the one people liked. And then this script got a pass by Steve Close, who is a screenwriter on all of the Harry Potter movies. Oh, shit. And that kind of makes a lot of sense because those Harry Potter movies, even though they're kind of ridiculous, they feel very natural, you know, especially in the dialogue. Yeah. That's something that this movie does really yeah. well is yeah. the dialogue. Yeah. you uh, A lot of the character interactions is really they good. F- and you they can, feel genuine. I'm like, oh, I do get some of that kind of Harry Potter-ness from it. So yeah. good set of writers, honestly. And then Mark Webb, director of 500 Days of Summer, which is a very interesting choice. Yeah, he's like an indie movie guy. Exactly. And that was his <laughs> only movie. And also, you get bits of that in this movie. Like yeah. Some of the scenes, I'm like, this feels like... Like, right out of an indie movie. Yeah. I think that was super smart. It made for an interesting tone for this movie. Yeah. So, anyway, let's get going. Let's move on. Initial expectations, finally. Birdo, go first. I was kind of skeptical. I was like, wait, we're redoing Spider-Man? The last yeah. movie just came out a few, a couple years ago. And I was like, eh. And by the time the second trailer came out, I'm like, this looks kind of interesting. As I was going in, I was a little bit more excited about it. Because this was also around the time, you know, we're getting, like, the Avengers. It's 2012, yeah. Yeah. Same year as Avengers. And I was like, all right, you know what? Comic book movies have been good. 
lately, so maybe this one will be good. Where are your expectations going in just now? Well, now it's like I always hear people shitting on the series. That's the thing, so, yeah. Stuff. <laughs> so, I, like, expectations were a little bit lower, but also, like, a part of me remembered, like, wait, I remember liking this, so yeah, I think I'm going to be fine. That's kind of like the in, like the internal argument you have with yourself. You're like, wait a second, like, I remember liking it, but everyone tells me it's bad. Yeah. Around this time, I was a lot more plugged into, like, movie news. I was mm-hmm. in college. Okay. So, like, I knew all about what had, like, what was going on. But the first time I saw it, I saw it with Sable, my wife, and it was the first movie we ever saw together. Really? It was this movie. We weren't even dating. However, this happened, we ended up in the movie theater together, and I had a crush on her. Um, and this was, like, the first movie we watched. And, I, like, I remember that detail, like, very vividly, but basically, like... We started dating like two months after this. Was it at the Regal, like right here? Yeah. Was it opening night? It must have been like either opening night or like oh. the next I was say, day. I might have been in the same theater as you. That'd be hilarious. Because <laughs> uh, I saw it opening night here. Yeah. <laughs> a little high school bird. I was like down this, a few rows down or whatever. Pretty sure I saw it again with a friend. I just remember him saying, if I was Spider-Man, this is what I would be like. Because Sarcastic Spider-Man. Like this movie should be called Sarcastic Spider-Man. Subtitle, he's a dick. <laughs> he is a bit of a dick. He's kind of a dick this whole movie. Like it's, he's But it's he's like just, a, he's a charming dick, he, is that? Yeah, he is charming. It is just such a like a left turn from Toby Maguire. You know, who's just earnest and you kind of just kind of feel Except sorry for him. The third movie where he slaps Mary Jane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> throw dirt in your eye. You'll throw some dirt in your eye. So anyway, I remember liking this film, but the thing that sticks with me that I didn't like about this movie was that it's plot. Because I remember thinking it's the same plot as like 10 other movies I've seen, including Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which in fairness came out after this, but also like Mission Impossible 2. It's like a fight for a virus and an antidote. And we're going to, oh, we have to like spread the virus so we can sell them the antidote. Well, that was like and... a hot topic in like the 2010s, I feel like. I feel like a lot of movies did that around this time period so that's the thing that stuck with me and it convinced me that i didn't like this movie but when i watched it i liked it and the other thing that kind of confuses me is that i hate the sequel to this i hate amazing spider-man <laughs> i 2. don't remember hating it i hate it i think it's horrible and i think that has tarnished my view on this series right. uh despite you know them being different films so going into this now i was like i'm gonna hate it i just know i'm gonna hate it that's what i thought <laughs> All right, let's. I've been dragging this along, so let's get into the plot. Are you ready? Yeah. A young Peter Parker plays hide and seek with his very much alive parents <laughs> and searches their office to find it broken into and rummaged. The game is over, and the Parkers quickly take a well hidden document and erase a chalkboard full of equations and spider drawings. They drop off Peter at Uncle Ben and Aunt May's house, saying he'll have to stay there for a little while. So. This does a good job of, like, grabbing your interest pretty quickly. Because his parents are alive? Because that's the first thing I thought. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, wow, his parents They're are alive. They're not dead. They're always dead in everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, like, you get hints of, except, like... Except when they're agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. sometimes, right? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes S.H.I.E.L.D., sometimes the CIA. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so go on. Their story changes quite a few times. Yeah. But it has, like, that almost like that jj abrams feeling to it where it's like oh man we're setting up a mystery there here. are so much jj abrams mystery boxes in this movie and just like jj abrams the thread is just left hanging 
That's not okay. Hold on. It's not this movie's fault that they didn't make a third one. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. But yes, because the next movie goes further into these mystery boxes. And this Almost movie too far. Yeah, this movie kind of sets them up, and then it's like, all right, let's forget about it. Let's not make it a whole integral part of the film. You know? Yeah. It just sucks because it's a setup for something that we will probably never see the payoff to. Probably, yeah. It'd be really weird if they resolved this plot thread in the new Spider-Man <laughs> in, movie. In the new Spider-Man movie, yeah. <laughs> and maybe it's an offhand comment where he's just like, yeah, you know, I found out that my parents were blah, 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 you know. Oh, S.H.I.E.L.D.? My parents work for S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> a teenage Peter Parker walks the hall of his high school, despite looking 30. <laughs> he gets hit in the head with a basketball thrown by Flash Thompson and stops to admire and photograph Gwen Stacy. What a creep. Uh, <laughs> it's a little creepy. A crowd of students surround and cheer on Flash Thompson, holding a student upside down with his face in his food. Peter tells Flash to put the kid down, calling him by his real name, Eugene. Flash throws the boy on the ground, punches Peter, and kicks him while he's down. Gwen Stacy stops the fight. I don't think he looks quite 30. And he wasn't even 30 when he filmed this. No, he was 28. <laughs> A.K.A. He, 11 years older than his character. Right. But he doesn't look... He Tobey doesn't, Maguire looked way older for some reason. For some reason. But Andrew Garfield is the oldest Spider-Man. Yeah. But uh, something about Andrew Garfield does make him look younger. I say he looks like a... Like maybe like a freshman or sophomore in college. No, he looks like a graduate. For I sure. I don't think he looks like a graduate. He doesn't... Okay, he did look A high young, school graduate, he did, yes. No, like a college grad. He did look younger. And when I say he's the oldest Spider-Man... Tobey Maguire is older than him, but at the time, he was the oldest to portray Spider-Man. Tom Holland's the youngest. Right. I mean, he looks a little bit younger, but at the same time, like, I don't believe that (laughs) That he's he's in in high high school. school. Also, they're all way too tall. Okay. I had to look up Andrew Garfield's height because I I kept on thinking he's too tall to be Spider-Man. I thought that the whole time. Is he not that tall? He's 5'10". Why does he look so... Is it because he's so lean? So he's not... I think that's what it is. He's not short by any means. He's taller than the two of us. Right. But he's not tall compared to like most movie stars that are like six feet tall. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm interested. Hold on. (laughs) How tall is Tom Holland? Tom Holland Holland is probably shorter because he looks short. He's 5'7", so he's like... He's my height. He's... Yeah, he's in between us because he's a little bit shorter than me, I guess. Okay. Yeah, so it checks out, but he I think he's, he's a little bit lanky. Here's the thing, though. This movie suffers from, and a lot of movies do, they get writers to write a high school scene who haven't been in high school in Since 30 like years. the 60s. Because, <laughs> you know, it's so rare that I see something set in a high school that feels realistic. You yeah. know what I mean? Look, in no circumstance could a bully... Be, and there are bullies. Bullies are real. There are bullies, but like the whole school isn't going to be cheering the bully That's on. That's the thing. They're all cheering him on like, yeah, shove his fucking face in the food. Eat it. Eat it. And then Peter shows up and it's like, he, he's, he's being like kind of charming too and like nice. He's like, D- don't eat that. Like, what are you doing? Like, But he <laughs> wouldn't be the only person to be like, this is fucking crazy. Like, yeah. stop it. Like, no, most people wouldn't be egging him on. Like, most people would be like, dude, Flash, like, you're being dumb. Put or they'll just walk away because yeah. they don't want to be associated with it. Exactly. Like, or, or watching in silence. Here's here's the thing I thought, though. This movie has, like I said, this movie should be called Sarcastic Spider-Man. <laughs> He's kind of a dick this whole movie to everybody. Including Flash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, 
I guess what they're doing is you need a scene to prove to the audience that, that he's, he's a, a good guy. He's a good guy. Like, deep down, he has a heart of gold, which Spider-Man does. Peter Parker, if anything, has a... Like, yeah, you can be an asshole and still be a good person. Yeah. Like, he makes sarcastic quips, but he's still a good man. Yeah. Right? Like, deep down, he's a good guy. And there's there's not a lot of that in this movie, so I guess they're like, This All is right. the scene that establishes, yeah. like... Everybody, like, compared to everyone else, everybody else sucks. Yeah. And he's the only person no, He's who's the like, hero. He gets beat like, up for this kid. put him down. Right. Do you get the sense, though, that him and Flash have, like, some sort of, like, childhood history or something, though? Absolutely. Because he totally yeah. approaches That's... him like, come on, man, just put him down. That part did feel real to me. Because yeah. he knows his name. Yep. Like, they obviously know each other. They, they have history of yeah. some sort. Maybe they were friends and then something happened and Flash became a dick. There's something later in the movie that makes me think that, too. Yeah, I feel you, yeah. <laughs> Which I like. That's a good example of, like, these interactions feeling, dialogue at least, feeling real. Yeah, I'll give you that. The bullying part, I'm like, this is this is No, dumb. but that's like every movie that shows bullying kind of gets it wrong. Mm, I think Homecoming does it very well. Yes, but Homecoming also feels like actual high school. That's what I'm saying. Like, they kind of <laughs> nail that part. It's almost like they I, did their research. It's almost like they asked some people that were younger. <laughs> And he's always awkward when he talks to Gwen, but it's in a way, it's like, it's because he likes her and he's getting flustered. Yeah. So, and I kind of feel that on a personal level. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uncle Ben gives Peter a raw steak for his bruise, and Peter finds his father's briefcase in the basement. Inside, there's a newspaper clipping of Peter's dad, along with another scientist he doesn't recognize. Upon further examining the briefcase, he finds a secret pouch with the documents his parents saved. And a newspaper clipping of Dr. Kurt Connors, who Uncle Ben admits remembering. So, do people still put raw steak on bruises? Okay. That, I, <laughs> you should not do that. But I like it because I wrote down this is stupid. But I like it because the point is Uncle Ben is old school. Right. It's like, this is how we did it. So, yeah. this is how you're going to do it. He's like, here's a steak for your bruise. I recognize a right cross when I see it. Like, you got punched. Uh, <laughs> Uncle Ben's badass. I love that he's like this just blue collar guy. You know, yeah. and then later on, you know, he has a couple scenes where he's like, first of all, he's poor and he's a hard worker and he admits to like not being very smart. Like he doesn't really he's not really educated, but he's a hard worker. You know, well, yeah, because he probably grew up poor, too. And, you know, if you were poor back then, you probably weren't really getting an education. You yeah. were working because you had to be. Yeah, exactly. Research into Kirk Connors leads Peter to visit Oscorp, where he steals the identity of a new intern and is conveniently led by lead intern Gwen Stacy. Dr. Connors, an amputee missing his right arm, lectures how he seeks to cure weaknesses in humans. Peter speaks up how this may be possible through cross-species genetics impressing Dr. Connors, but even the nerds make fun of him. <laughs> Peter leaves the group to break into the restricted area with manufactured webbing and glow-in-the-dark spiders. The spiders fall on him. As he returns to the group, one bites him. So this is the first example of Peter being a dick. <laughs> he steals that man's identity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's and, just... <laughs> and that man is later seen, like, screaming, getting escorted out. <laughs> By security. He just yeah. ruined this man's future. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, seriously. Like, And that's the thing. There goes like, that internship. <laughs> these are high school students who have an internship, which at the time I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. The, I kind of believe it nowadays, though. The way I believe it is because the high school they go to is like a prep school. It's like Midtown Science. Oh, yeah. What Flash Thompson is doing there is... Yeah, because Gwen even says his grades suck. 
Yeah, so why are they in the yeah, same school? She, she was tutoring him, right? Because it doesn't seem like a public school. Like, it looks like a public school, but, like, the way they talk about it is like, no, it's like a science school. I don't know. know. And Homecoming makes it more of, like, a science school. It's more of a preppy school. Or even Flash yeah. is, like, smart. Right. Like, yeah. he's on the that academic team. Yeah. He's just not good. <laughs> <laughs> he's dumb for a smart person. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, but I love that, like, even among all these interns, he's like, yeah, what you're talking about is cross-species genetics. And then, like, they make fun of him. Like, yeah, you just have to get past the gills on his neck. And they, <laughs> they fucking laugh at him. I'm like, are y'all dumb? You're all the nerds. Like, what is this? I like the little interaction between Gwen and Peter, too, where she, she mentions that he's um number two. And, yeah. and he's like, you sure about that? <laughs> well, it's funny that he is somehow a good student because he doesn't seem like a good student, but apparently no. his grades are great. He's a second cool, in his he's class. He's like a cool, smart. He's like the perfect high school student. I also have he's trouble got a believing. Skateboard. He's got a skateboard. I have trouble believing that he's getting bullied because he's too cool looking. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I wouldn't bully him. I wanted to be him. And like the girl's like, hey, nerd, can you take pictures of my boyfriend's car? No, bitch. Like people would like him. Yeah. And his hair is too good. His hair is like perfect. He has the perfect. <laughs> it's like perfect messy hair. Yeah. And it's kind of big, which was super in at the time. You he, know? he looks like a cool He's kid. He's way too cool looking. Like, I just don't buy that. He's, He's who bullied. I wanted to be in high school. I, I buy that. Yeah, yeah. I totally get Yep. I see it. Even with the, you know, the sleeves with the thumbs, that thumb hold that I'm currently wearing. wearing. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Is this even in style anymore? Or is this kind of old? I don't know, man. Take that off. You're creepy. I'm just kidding. No. Why is the security so easy to break into? You can just say you're, they could oh, have... I'm this guy. No, no, no. I'm talking about when um, oh, the evil look. Yeah, the evil looking guy gets into that room. It, there's like a floaty touchscreen and he just has to move some things around in a certain way and you get in. It doesn't look also, hard Also, that at is all. like the weirdest keypad ever. I have a big problem with all of Oscorp and the technology there because it just it's just super fake. You know? It's like they went too far with like trying to make it advanced. Yeah, but again, very easy to break into this uh, secure room. room. Whereas they could have done like a face scanner, a, a thumbprint reader, even a regular keypad, a regular keypad where he hides the code. You know. Anyway, <laughs> on the subway train, Peter realizes his senses have heightened when he's startled, jumps, and sticks to the ceiling of the train. Other passengers stare. He accidentally rips off the hot girl shirt because, obviously, <laughs> everyone tries to fight him, and he almost unwittingly beats them all up. Back home, he discovers the dead spider still stuck to his neck. The next day, he smashes his alarm clock and breaks everything he touches. I love the breaking the alarm clock scene. It that made, is great. It made me laugh out loud because it happens so fast. Just <laughs> <laughs> and the alarm goes off, and he just immediately smashes it to bits. <laughs> it was relatable. Yeah, I think, and it kind of sucks. Something that's going against this movie is that we just saw the Spider-Man origin. And yeah, it had been, what, like nine, ten years. But like, it still yeah. feels super fresh. Like, those Spider-Man movies are so rewatchable. It feels fresh. Yeah. when the, It feels like it's been two years. Uh, and then we're doing we it again. It. But this movie does it mostly good. Yeah, but it kind of has to do the same things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he has to, you know break things in his room because he realizes that he's stronger than usual because that's yeah. what the comic did it kind of reminds me and this movie came out way after it reminds me of the the power rangers movie from 2017 when oh, they're yeah, all realizing yeah. they got their powers and yeah but, 
They're all breaking faucets and shit. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of that. And I like stuff like that for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. Like, scenes like that always tickle me. I liked when, <laughs> speaking of tickling, I like when he uh, <laughs> is typing and he pulls up his fingers and there's the keys from his keyboard have oh, ripped off and they're stuck, stuck to his stuck fingers. To his... <laughs> that was fun. How do you feel about him sexually harassing that woman on accident? <laughs> I, it's okay. Again, I said, obviously. Is this him being a dick or is that... You think that genuinely seemed, an that accident? That seemed like a genuine accident because I don't think – he didn't mean to put his hand on her either, right? No, I think he was just like, like, hey, sorry about that. And he's like, oh, fuck. Shirt rips off. And obviously it's the hot girl. And now she's in her bra for an entire scene. Yeah. But it, it almost feels kind of like the whole Star Trek thing where it's like, I don't know, put a girl <laughs> in her underwear in the movie. Like it's, it's like something they have to check off yeah. the list, you know? I do like when he just accidentally beats everybody up. That was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Like, he beats the shit out of him, and he's just apologizing the whole time. He's like, please, I don't want to do this, and people are like, I'm going to fight he, you now. He knocks him the fuck out, and he's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I like that scene. I think people make fun of that scene, too. I thought it was a good scene. I liked it. I liked it. Using Bing, first of all. All right, that I'll make fun of. <laughs> Who the fuck uses Bing for anything other than trying to find Google? <laughs> why is this pre-installed on my computer how do i uninstall bing (laughs) using bing he finds dr connor's home and pays him a visit dr connor's explains that he and peter's dad worked together and it was parker who successfully bred the spiders peter asks if it had worked what would be the side effects realizing he's now part spider Dr. Connors remarks that the key to his failures have been the decay rate algorithm, which Peter is quick to share with him, having memorized them from his father's secret notes. Why would you do this? They were secret for a reason. <laughs> like, Also, I don't understand how you could just show somebody like an algorithm and then they know it works. It like, seemed- how does he just glance at it and he's like, my God, you did it. <laughs> it seemed like a pretty like lengthy equation, though. You know? Yeah. But... To your point, how does Connor just look at it and be like, this is it? That works. <laughs> yeah. Like, you haven't tested it yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, I've taken fairly advanced mathematics, but, like, that doesn't that doesn't look like yeah. anything, really. Like, I don't think people can just look at the equation and be like, this is it. Eureka. <laughs> I like uh, how he, um, he asked him, like, oh, where'd you come up with this? And he just kind of, like, bonks his head with the pencil. He's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it should be obvious that he stole it from his dad, but... Your dad, like, is missing because of this information. It was hidden in a secret pouch in his briefcase. Like, obviously, it was hidden for a, for also, a reason. why did he leave the briefcase there? That's why not destroy it? Was he just planning on coming back for it, I guess? I guess that makes sense. At school, Peter humiliates Flash on the basketball court for bullying a girl. Yeah, he goes, you better watch your back <laughs> well, to, like, this small girl. Well, also, the small girl's, like, it was clearly an accident that the ball rolled over and hit her paint bucket. Also, she's painting something on the floor of the gym while they're playing basketball. This was her fault. <laughs> <laughs> but you, he was a complete dick in his answer. You're a Flash Thompson sympathizer with what no, you are. No, but he was a complete dick in his reaction because she goes, you did that on purpose. And he goes, no, but I should have. You better watch <laughs> your back. Yeah, right. None of that makes sense. Obviously not his fault. And obviously, like, don't... Why are you threatening this girl who's half your size and she looks like a freshman? The only character who looks her age, by the way. <laughs> What's like, with the no, but I should have? <laughs> I Yeah. I should have done that on purpose, you fucking bitch. <laughs> I think he was just mad that he got yelled at. 
Oh, God. That's also one of those scenes where I'm like, this isn't high school. Like, why is there... First of all, Peter Parker's just hanging out in the gym. Meanwhile, like, there's, like, a gym class going on? Or or that's the basketball team and they're, like, fucking around? Or is it free period? They're, like, in a uniform. They're, like, in gym clothes. Yeah. Meanwhile, the cheerleaders are in uniform. What is going on here? Rehearsing. That's not... It looks like what a 50-year-old person would be like, yeah, this is what high school is, right? I don't fucking know. I don't remember. I like, don't remember. You all hang out in the gym, and the cheerleaders are all practicing in uniform. No. <laughs> this doesn't happen. We have kids painting banners on the floor of the gym. For the pep rally. You know, the pep rally. <laughs> okay, anyway. You better watch your back. <laughs> Uncle Ben is called in to speak to the principal and scolds Peter in the hallway and embarrasses him in front of Gwen Stacy. Yeah, he's got you on his computer. Uh, they flirt for a bit <laughs> and say they should hang out or something. They actually didn't use any words. It was it was super cute. Uh, Peter, it was. Peter tests his abilities at an abandoned warehouse with his skateboard. Their chemistry is incredible. Yes. And, and that was, watching that scene, I'm, my impression is like, this was all improv Like, it's like yeah, we the can, final product was improv you Or know? we can, yeah, either one. <laughs> Yeah, like they're not, they're barely talking and, and somehow like it works. So like they're giggling at each other yeah. in a way that feels not like they're breaking the fourth wall. Not like they broke character. No, like, it feels like they're really talking to each other yeah. or trying to talk to each other. They're just two awkward high school kids who like have a crush on each other. There's and they're kind finally... of a masturbation joke here. When oh, when? About, um, it's like, oh yeah, you know, the picture of you on my computer, you know, uh, I you're in the debate team. There's a picture of the debate team. He's like, I was just touching stuff up. And she's like, oh, you were touching stuff up. (laughs) Hey, guys, it's time for a quick break, and we will be back in a flash. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Oh, I didn't read it like that at all. You didn't read it like that? Touching stuff. No, no, no. Touching stuff up. Okay. Uh, I mean, I get it, but like... I get it. No, no, no. I think what she's saying is like, oh, like, you think I'm ugly and you're digitally touching stuff up. I thought she was like, oh, you think I'm hot, huh? (laughs) No, because then he's like, no, I wouldn't need to. Like, he kind of walks it back a bit. I don't know. I think she means it's like... It seemed like a jerk-off joke. I don't think that at all. And also, he has that little lock on his door. That's clearly a jerk-off lock. Well, everybody needs a lock on their door, first of all. There's no such thing as a jerk-off lock. Everybody needs he a lock. He has it, like, connected to his desk so he can lock it from his desk. Oh, that is true. Yeah, from his computer he can unlock his door. That That is true. But, no, I, I read it as, like, she's like, why would I need a touch-up? You know what I mean? Like, you don't think I'm pretty? And she's like, and he's like, oh, no, like, I, I do think you're pretty. Like, that's uh. that's what... I think you read into that the wrong way. <laughs> Maybe I did. Maybe that says something about me. <laughs> okay. No, but they're, not only their, does their chemistry work, they started dating, like, right after this movie. Or, like, on... I think during? The, during? While they were filming this. Yeah, okay. they started dating. And so that, that makes perfect sense. Well, there, there was You can, you can totally there. see it. Anytime they're on screen together, it works super well. Yeah. And um, the scene where he's skateboarding and, like, kind of testing his, like, swinging and stuff. Yeah. 
that's the scene I was talking about that feels like a scene from like an indie movie. Just the way it's shot, the song that's playing, him just like being happy. Yeah, it's a Coldplay song, and I really love it. It's my favorite Coldplay that's song. That's a very good Coldplay song. And I know it's not cool to like Coldplay anymore. People make no. fun of it. This is, it was Kingdom Come by Coldplay, right? Yes, and yeah. they have some great fucking songs, and that's a banger, and I love <laughs> that song. But I like I like indie music. There you go. Oh, that, that was a very good scene. For you and Wayne. Anyway, at the Oscorp lab, we see a device that can disperse a medicine over an entire town. <gasps> LOL vaccine. <laughs> I just think because he makes a passing remark he's like we could cure polio in an afternoon and he's like yeah but like if people want to opt out you can't run away from a gas cloud so here it sits exactly <laughs> and I was just like oh boy is this topical right now right now yeah uh, <laughs> anyway Peter and Dr. Connors use a huge holographic computer to test their new equation the computer simulation on a mouse seems to work in his excitement, Peter forgets to pick up Aunt May and Uncle Ben is furious. He tells him, your father believed that if you could do good things for other people, you had a moral obligation to do those things. That's what's at stake here. Not choice, responsibility. Wow, I remember that from the comics. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's exactly how that went. <laughs> Peter asks Ben, where is he then? Where was his responsibility to him? Ben is shocked Peter would turn the argument that way. Peter storms out, and Ben follows him quietly. After he slams the door shut and shatters the fucking thing. I love that scene. <laughs> yeah, they dance around with great power comes great responsibility without saying it. It's This is where they kind of were at fault for trying to distance themselves from the well, other. Well, that's the thing. Sam Raimi Spider-Man made with great power comes great responsibility such a part of the zeitgeist that, like... You can't, you know what I mean? Like, you can't have a Spider-Man thing. Like, you either don't say it at all, or you say it. You don't make something up that's, like, kind of like it. It's just reworded. That's all it is. It's just reworded, and it's complicated. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah. You overcomplicated something that could have been so simple, and honestly, it would have worked fine in this movie. So, I had to look up with Great Power Comes Great Responsibility, because it's, a, like, a super old adage. It's in the Bible. <laughs> oh, shit. It's been in all kinds of literature, poetry. People say it all the time. It just was made popular by Spider-Man, specifically the movie. Yeah, but it was said in the, the very first issue of Amazing... Or the first appearance of Spider-Man in the last issue of Amazing Fantasy. Right, right, right. Because it's just like a little like text there. thing. Nobody says it. It's just... Yeah, like the narrator says yeah. it. Yeah. Since then, it's been super attributed to... Uncle Ben. Yep. Basically like... In because of the movie. Well, no. I mean, before then, like flashbacks, flashbacks, retcons. Anytime they show Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben's always saying that to him. It's a thing he's been... He always said it, it, it to it's Peter. It's what he taught Peter. Yeah, exactly. And this, he says, he attributes it to his dad because this movie seems to be a lot more about like Peter's real life dad, mm -hmm. which is like almost never touched upon in the comics, except when they're agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I guess. Yeah, and doing <laughs> secret missions for <laughs> Nick Fury. Yeah. I just think it's time to bring it back because the phrase with great power comes great responsibility is not just like a cornerstone for Spider-Man. I think it's a cornerstone for the whole Marvel Universe. Yeah. Like the Marvel Universe, the way they treat their heroes as opposed to like DC. And we've talked about this. It's like DC treats their heroes like gods mm -hmm. that have. Yeah, they have their responsibility over mankind because they're gods. Right. Whereas 
the Marvel Universe, they're all regular people, for the most part, are regular people who have been elevated, either blessed or burdened with power, and now have to do something about it, right? And so the fact that, like, this hasn't come up since, like, in the new, you know, the Tom Holland version, they basically did the same thing here. They danced around it when uh, in Captain America Civil War, where he talks to Tony. Yeah. And he's basically like, when you can do the things that I do and you don't, that's when the bad things happen and that's on you. Which is like alluding to... With the great power comes yeah. great responsibility. And also it, Uncle Ben's fate. <laughs> yeah. It, right. He's referring to Uncle Ben. It's so well done in Civil War because, you know, they didn't want to do the whole origin all over no, and again. It, and it felt like natural dialogue. It would have it been weird if he said to Tony, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I, my <laughs> uncle used to tell me that all the time. Well... <laughs> Right. And you know, just by the context, it's like he's referring to Uncle Ben. We all know. We've seen the, the yeah. origin a million times. Everyone's aware. Again, Spider-Man's the most popular character ever made. Mm-hmm. So, but I think it's time to bring it back is my point. Yeah. And I think the whole basic thing. The foundation. Yeah, sure. Thank you. The foundation <laughs> of like that Marvel universe, especially the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's like a dynamic triangle between power, responsibility, and accountability. That's what like all Marvel movies are about. Basically. Yeah. And there are films that do it really well, like Captain America Civil War, where like Iron Man's more about accountability, whereas Captain America's more about responsibility. Yeah. That's kind of the basis of their argument when politics become yeah. involved. Because right? Captain America's like, we're responsible for, you know, the people that we're trying to protect. Yeah. And Tony's like, oh, well, we got to be held accountable for either the people that we don't protect or the damage that we cause. Well, and, and that's Iron Man's theme in general is accountability. Yeah, accountability. Accountability for the shit that he does, because, first of all. Because that's the lesson that he learned. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, I just think they need to do bring this back. And I think the perfect way to do it would be if in no way home, hear me out, assuming Toby and Andrew Garfield are going to be in this. All right. They have a scene together. It's a nice touching scene. And Toby... Peter Parker says to him, you know, my uncle used to say with great power. And then Tom Holland goes, comes great responsibility. Yeah. My uncle Ben used to say that too. And Andrew Garfield's like, what the fuck? Yes. <laughs> He's like, mine, mine just says something about moral obligation. <laughs> Wait, what, what is it? My uncle said that my father believed that if you could do good things for other people, you had a moral obligation to do those things. And then that's what's at stake here. Not choice responsibility <laughs> oh, that'd be a really long scene <laughs> i think it'd be a funny gag though too it'd be a great gag and part of the reason i say this is just as proof in case it does happen you heard it here first <laughs> but you know i think that is something that's missing from tom holland spider-man there there hasn't been an uncle ben and the only time technically tom holland spider-man has referred to his uncle ben has been in the zombies episode of what if that's yeah that's the only time he like directly yeah. Talks about Uncle Ben. Yeah. At one point, he does have, like, you know, his uncle's suitcase. This in is like Far BP. From Home. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of it. And I think, you know, again, you don't have to do the origin. You don't have to sh- do a flashback, but he should mention Uncle Ben. And he should mention with great power comes with also, great responsibility. Who would have played Uncle Ben in the MCU, you think? Well, he can't be too old, first Nick of Cage. all. Because, <laughs> like, even Martin, I mean, Martin Sheen is pretty old here. Yeah. You know, so it's got to be. They made a- Sally Fields look pretty old. She is sort she's of getting, old. Yeah, she's getting up there. But I feel like they like aged her up a I little just, bit. I just remember Sally Field being like the mom in all the nineties things. You know? What was she the mom in? It was um Forrest Gump? No. Mrs. Doubtfire? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway. Oh, that was quick. <laughs> at a convenience store, Peter can't afford milk, and the clerk T-Bone refuses to spare him two cents. The man buying beer behind him distracts T-Bone, takes a roll of cash from the registers, and tosses the only witness, Peter, his milk. T-Bone asks Peter for... <laughs> I fucking hate T-Bone. T-Bone asks Peter for help as he tries chasing the man outside, and Peter refuses. Uncle Ben, not far behind, hears the commotion, sees the perp drop his gun, and tries wrestling him for it. The perp shoots Ben and runs away. This entire series of events is so odd. It's a little convoluted, right? It feels... Yeah, I, I agree with you. It feels odd. Because I'm like, all right, first off, the clerk's a fucking dickhead. He said, you can leave a penny. You can't take a penny you unless spend you spend $10. $10. The leave a penny, take a penny is just there in case someone needs a penny. That's exactly what it's there for. He's just <laughs> being a dickhead. Yeah. Also, wouldn't it be easier to just finish the transaction? <laughs> Like, you're wasting a lot of energy, like, arguing with this kid. Why does Uncle Ben go for the gun? I guess he's he's just, like, a good guy. You don't know why gun. that guy has a gun. I mean, it's this not gu- what I... This yeah. guy hasn't actually hurt anybody. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, I mean, there's a... T-Bone is chasing him down. He's like, stop that guy. T-Bone's a piece of shit. I guess that's true, too. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> T-Bone was the villain here. <laughs> But also, like, Peter with the, you know, like, it's not my policy. Sounds an awful lot like, I missed the part where that's my problem. Yeah. <laughs> and that does feel kind of like a like a copy. But, I mean, it's the same result. You know, Peter has this one moment of, like, being a selfish dick, and then his uncle dies because <sighs> of it. But it, the way it happened, I will say, is dumb. That could have been better written. I agree with you. <laughs> and I think this is one thing where... Pound for pound, Raimi Spider-Man does better mm-hmm. because the reason Uncle Ben gets shot is because Peter is using his powers for financial gain. Yeah. And he had been doing this for a little bit because he wants to buy a car to impress a girl. Yeah. And it's such Which a... Which is nothing wrong with No, but that. it's stupid. It is stupid. You know what I mean? It's stupid and he's exploiting his powers and he's only thinking about money and he's being greedy for once in his life and... Look where it got him. Right. And whereas here, all Peter's doing is like, he's upset. Buy, he's, he's like upset buying. He's wanted to buy milk. He's buying milk, and I, I don't think it's literally milk. I thought it was like a shake or something, like something. Of, I thought it was like, teen, like I thought it was like a little chocolate milk. I thought it was something like a teenager would realistically be drinking, not chocolate milk. <laughs> but maybe, yeah, maybe it's chocolate milk. Maybe he's um, wanted milk. <laughs> I'm sorry, like if I'm in a convenience store and he gets robbed, dude, I'm not risking my life to help you get no, your like hundred dollars back. It's a pretty normal. Yeah, you let that $100 go. Like, how much money could have been it in that register? It wasn't even $100. Like, it you, was like one little roll of cash. Yeah, like, you fucking let that go. Hopefully, you're insured. And the dude no stole one gets in a hurt. very nonviolent way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, nobody got hurt. This is the best case scenario. Do not help someone chase down a perp. Like, that's not... That's how, especially that's how for, people die, yeah, Uncle Ben. As, seriously, especially for money. Like, if someone's getting hurt, okay, maybe, you know, maybe consider being a hero. But, like, not for, like, money. It's, like, small amounts of money, too. <laughs> it's petty no, cash. That's th- and that's my point, is that, like, Peter Parker does nothing wrong here. Yeah. Like, he does nothing wrong. It kind of looked like the perp wasn't even trying to shoot Uncle Ben. It just accidentally went off. That That's the other thing. <laughs> kind of like uh, what happened with Sandman. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that little retcon. <laughs> um, I mean, Flint Marco. Yeah. A really good attention to detail that I like is when they show Aunt May sleeping on the couch because her husband just died. And she doesn't want to sleep in the bed anymore. Okay, yeah. It's just such a little thing that I'm like, yep, that would happen. That's realistic. You know what I mean? That, that's real grief. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
Peter starts a personal manhunt for Uncle Ben's killer, sweeping alleys and picking fights with muggers. In a fun montage, he continues his manhunt while making a costume and building web shooters with Oscorp webbing. He tries out his new web shooters on top of one of Manhattan's tallest buildings. Couldn't try it on a smaller building first? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, He picks on yet another blonde perp trying to break into a car and encounters the police for the first time. There's actually a lot that happens in this sequence. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why it's a montage. Yeah. <laughs> I like how he kind of starts off his vigilante career basically being Batman. It's all just like vengeance and... <laughs> yeah. It's a little scary how he's like out for revenge. Yeah, because he is like... like he could have you... killed a lot of these people. Wouldn't be surprised if he did. <laughs> um... But, like, it shows, like, how driven he is right right now, at least, by, like, the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah, he is kind of threatening. Even uh, with the carjacker, he's, like, kind of having fun. It's, like, very mean-spirited fun. Well, at one point, he gets up right in his face. I'm like, you're about to murder this man. Checks for the tattoo. Because there's a... Apparently, the, the real perp had a tattoo. And he's yeah. looking for it, right? Because he doesn't really remember his face. He just remembers that he was wearing a beanie and he's blonde with yep. like shoulder length hair. And um, first of all, how many fucking blonde beanie wearing white dudes are <laughs> there a lot. in New York City? Like we meet like six of them. <laughs> um, the guy couldn't breathe. Yeah, he cut him air holes after he found yeah. out he wasn't him. I have mixed feelings about this movie's kind of need to explain everything uh-huh. because he doesn't make his webbing. He buys it from Oscorp. He, he like he modifies it, but he, well, he created the web shooters. Yes, but the webbing itself he buys from Oscorp. They come in these little cartridges. Cartridges. On one side, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Like no normal teenager could create like industrial strength tensile webbing. You know what I mean? Right. But like when, for example, when like Tom Holland's when when they do it, it's like a gag. Like, he opens a drawer, he, like, mixes something, it's smoking, he shoves the drawer back down. You know, you remember that scene in Homecoming? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he just makes it himself, and he you're not it, supposed he, to... He found out some sort of chemical compound that works. Yeah, but... and you're just not supposed to think about it too much, basically. Yeah. Whereas this is like, no, we're going to explain it. It's it. like they thought about it too much. They thought about it too much. Yeah. Because there's another scene where he's walking behind some nerds, and the nerds are, like, arguing on how it's physically possible for Spider-Man to be swinging like that. I thought that scene was, like, funny, though. Well, yeah, but and he just kind of smiles about it. He's like, <laughs> right. But I think what they're doing is like they're lampshading a little bit. You know, again, yeah. lampshading or putting a lampshade on a topic is like, and when when you write something so ridiculous and you want to acknowledge that it's ridiculous, you have a character acknowledge that it's ridiculous, yeah. and suddenly the viewer just buys in. They're like, oh yeah, it's just funny now. Yeah, you know, which yeah, I think that's what those nerds arguing was. But like, just don't. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's not necessary. I think. Yeah. You also see him, like, get the inspiration for his mask, too. The wrestling thing. Yeah. yeah. It was like a luchador mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, by the time we see, like, his actual suit, I like the way it looks. Well, I want to talk about the costume a little bit later. Yeah. We'll get uh, more into it. So costume talk again. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and I'm sure there's a lot of concept art for a lot of different costumes that they were planning on doing for this movie. Oh, yeah, sure. Especially since they were trying to make it different. Um, again, why would you go to the tallest building? And it's like one of the tallest buildings. You're like, all right, let's see if this fucking works. It's like a hundred stories. I mean, Toby. Toby was like four stories high, <laughs> which is fair. Still, still incredibly risky. Sure. But he's like super powered and fair. Like you don't go all the, the way up. The skyscraper. To- oh my God. 
I was like, this is where you're testing this Thank shit? Thank God serious? it worked. <laughs> and then the first person view. I, there's, a, there's a lot of that in this movie. It's like first person. I kind of like those shots. As long as it's, I like it if it's short. I couldn't do longer well, than like. No, none of them are too long either, yeah. I don't think. There's one that kind is kind of long. Where it actually shows him swinging and you see his reflection. Yeah, but... But that was like the suit reveal. It's cool because so, it's got the reflection, though. Yeah, also, yeah. That's a very cool scene. That's a good scene. Like, yeah, all the first person stuff is... I'm fine with it because none of it goes on too long. It is kind of, like, stylish in the way that they do it. Yeah, and it's something different. Yeah. Which is, like, I appreciate that this movie does some, like, genuinely different kind of artistic takes on Spider-Man. Yeah. Dr. Connor shows the evil Oscorp man the the progress he and Peter have made. He pushes for human trials. He calls out Connors' fake shock and suggests Richard Parker was against human trials when Dr. Connors pushed for them, which led to their falling out. He threatens to fire Connors, which leads him to inject himself with the formula. Later that night, his arm grows back out of a reptilian cocoon. Learning that evil Oscorp man is on his way to a veterans hospital looking for volunteers... Angers him and sets off a transformation. Oh, yeah. That's really fucked up to do. Oh, yeah. He's the evil man in the Because they, they weren't finding volunteers. They were going to disguise it as a flu shot. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, topical. It, is it? <laughs> I mean, these bad guys were going to use a fake vaccine to inject people with shit. Okay, sure. It's topical, maybe a conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's not happening. <laughs> no, it's not that it's happening, but like people are talking about it. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, it. sure. I wonder if there's, like, a group of people who are, like, look at this movie and it's like, you see? They knew. <laughs> Hollywood knew. It's all also. It's all in there. Does this kind of, like, series of events remind you a little bit of the Sam Raimi movie with Green Goblin where um, the same thing happens? Like, oh, he gets desperate and has to, like, inject himself with the formula. Back to formula? Exactly. <laughs> uh, Well, this thing is, like... It's like the same but different. All, not all, but a majority of the Spider-Man rogues galleries are like mad scientists who like gone bad. You know. Yeah, I mean, even like the circumstances, though, like maybe a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> at least the way the movie like kind of portrays it. So some of the a little bit more of the mystery boxes here, like this, the implication that the evil Oscorp man makes is that. Connors is the one that wanted that was pushing for a human trial, probably himself. And Richard Parker was like, no, it's too dangerous. And kept that equation from him. So Peter started this whole thing. Yeah. And he just like gave it back to him. But I think in the next movie, it suggested that like Peter already had something in him. Yeah. His father's DNA or something like that. He was the only one that wouldn't get like the side effects. Because of how... Yeah. The second movie will touch on that more, especially like in this conversation with Harry. Okay. I only saw it once. I got so mad I never saw it again. <laughs> Meanwhile, Gwen Stacy invites Peter over to her house for Branzino. Like an idiot, Peter shows up to the house through the fire escape and into her bedroom. She asks him about his suit and Gwen's dad, police captain Stacy, walks in to find Peter alone with his daughter in her bedroom. <laughs> At the dinner table, the topic of Spider-Man comes up. Peter and Captain Sp- Stacy argue about the merits of Spider-Man and the differences between him and the police. Peter quietly realizes that his crime fighting has been for the wrong reasons. So this entire sequence, besides the the weird, did you bring your suit for dinner thing? Because like, who the fuck expects somebody to bring a suit? 
to yeah, it, it's just supposed to be like a like a fun little like oh is she talking about like she doesn't just she knows I'm Spider Man right. But, but yeah, but then she's like seriously asking him though. Like, is that what you're gonna wear? Also, no one else is wearing a suit. Also, yeah, he is the least like dressed up, but also like oh, the, the little kids are like basically wearing the same shit as he is though. Uh, but they're he, also he does little look kids. Un- yeah, he does look underdressed. Don't get me wrong. But also, he had no idea what the hell he was walking into. Maybe just a nice shirt and some slacks yeah. would have been fine. But uh, besides that, though, like that weird little expectation of him. This sequence is pretty good. Like the whole the dinner scene, I like it's, it. It's the very, tension that builds it's very up. tense. It's very awkward. I love their debate. Obviously, like yeah. he's standing up for Spider Man. I love how the little kid has to help him eat the branzino. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a whole thing. Like the you kid have just goes the... first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they're fucking rich. <laughs> like that's they live in a in like a high rise in Manhattan. Yeah, I will say, um, they didn't look super appetizing to me. Oh, the fish. Something about like just eating the whole fish, like whole. I don't know. It can be good. I'm sure it tasted fine. It's just it didn't look good. I like that. Like he he has himself on a pedestal here. Like he's very proud of himself for like crime fighting, right? And is just now realizing that like he was doing it for the wrong. He's reasons. doing the wrong thing because he calls out the captain for like you know the police didn't get the car thief off the street, and he's like he's like the car thief was leading us to the big picture. Like, we didn't want him to be arrested. We're following, we're tagging him. Right. Basically, which made some sense because earlier, you know, when you saw that carjacker, he has like a very fancy. He has like a tool com- for like, like a computer. Yeah. That like is going to decode like the little code to get into the car. Yeah. And I'm like, those don't exist. That's very high tech stuff. Unless the tinkerer made it. Oh. oh. Okay. But <laughs> it makes sense that he's like, yeah, this is a problem. And we need to get to like. We need to figure out where this is coming from. Exactly, the tinker. <laughs> Maybe we solved it. <laughs> or the shocker. Oh, because oh, you shock people. <laughs> After significantly embarrassing himself, Peter and Gwen go outside, where he tries to tell her he's Spider-Man. He finally reveals his secret by webbing her to him to kiss. Hearing sirens, Peter follows the commotion to a bridge where the lizard is after the evil Oscorp man. Spider-Man saves each car that is tossed off the bridge and briefly fights Lizard before hearing a boy stuck in one of the dangling cars. The little boy named Jack is scared, and Peter takes off his mask to show the boy he's just a guy. <laughs> the car catches fire and falls, but Spider-Man webs the boy up. So when he's kissing Gwen, and she's like trying to talk to him, he just tells her to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of, okay, hold on. It's one of those things because we've talked about these like romantic moments where it's kind of like, is he like pushing himself on her? Like, is this appropriate? Like, is he basically sexually assaulting her? In this, okay, but it's one of those things where you have to kind of see it. Yeah. Because on paper, yeah, like on the script, that probably looks horrible. He webs her over, kisses her, tells her to shut up, and keeps kissing. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, you know, you watch this scene and like, because of the acting, because of the chemistry. Yeah. And the way it, it builds up. He's trying to tell her something and he's like being all awkward about it. He's like, yeah. mm, well, I because can't tell you. They're kissing and she's like, I have so many questions about Spider-Man. He's and like, he's like, shut up. Shut up. Let's just keep kissing. And like, it totally works. It works. But also it's just like, he kind of says it like aggressively. He's like, shut up. <laughs> it's getting steamy. <laughs> it's not like Ghost Rider is what I'm saying. <laughs> He didn't chase her down the highway and make out with her on the side of the road. Exactly. <laughs> the little boy Jack scene. All of that is incredible. 
Yes, that's one that's, of his um good moments. That is great movie making. Mm-hmm. Like that whole scene is so good, from the visuals, from the cinematography, the little boy, uh, just the music. And I want to talk about the score for a little bit later when we get to the analysis. But like, all of this is so good. Yep, it's and a him, it's like a putting highlight. the mask on the boys. Like oh, it'll make you strong. It's this is such a highlight in any Spider-Man movie. Yep. I think it's one of the top moments in any Spider-Man thing. It's way better than uh you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Yeah, but that's in this movie too. But in a different way. Uh, we'll get to it. And it's related to this directly. Yes. <laughs> oh, evil Oscorp guy. He's not in the movie after this. A little weird, did he die? <laughs> Is he okay? Did <laughs> Was he not wearing his seatbelt and he, like, just bashed into the glass when Peter stopped the car? I didn't notice there was a glass there. Like, like kind of a taxi cab situation. Like, he has a glass for his professional driver. I guess so. I think that's what it but was. But, like, you saw, like, some glass go, like... Yeah, I think that was, like, the divider between... Was that his face just hitting it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so he's dead? No, I don't think he's dead. Because just... he's in some deleted scenes that I saw. Oh, really? He gets killed in the deleted scenes, though. Like, oh, li- so Lizard, like, eats his head. Okay, so it, it's deleted because it, it was contradictory to what they ended up doing. I guess so, yeah. yeah like I kind of like the deleted scene better, but, eh. <laughs> this makes me feel like, like Peter accidentally killed this guy. <laughs> he probably would have died either way. I hope so. He was bad. <laughs> <laughs> he was just working for Norman Osborn. But you know how evil he is that he recognizes Peter Parker. That means you, you keep tabs on everybody. Yeah. Because he like bumps into him earlier in the movie and he looks at him for a little bit and then later and he's, he's like, like, I know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Later when he's talking to Connors, he's like, yeah, you and uh, Richard Parker's boy or something. Like he knows who it's, he is. It's weird that he knows who that because is. Because evil people keep taps Especially on everybody. Especially since he used a fake name at Oscorp. What was his name? Ricar- Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Gu- Guevara or something. Guevara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Peter goes to ask a weather Dr. Connors about reptiles. Yeah, okay. This scene. Uh, Connor talks about the new species of reptiles seen in New York City and that it's beautiful and aggressive, and he just has a huge boner for reptiles. <laughs> Peter sees the test mouse from earlier transformed eating the other mice and realizes that Lizard is Dr. Connors. He tries to warn Captain Stacy and follows a bunch of lizards into the sewers where Connors is taking a bigger dose and transforms again. They fight and Spider-Man gets away, but the lizard finds his camera with Peter's name written on it. Connors didn't know that Peter was Spider-Man yet, but he basically threatens him in this scene. <laughs> oh my god. If I have a problem with any scene in the movie, it's this one. Where he's just like, hey, do you know anything about lizards? And, then, and Dr. Connors is like, why do you ask? Because lizards are fucking perfect? Is that why you ask? <laughs> and then he's like... Well, like, you know... There's, like, a new lizard in you, the city. How would you... Uh, how would you how kill, would you kill a lizard? Why would you be asking this guy? Like, look it up on Google or and on he's Bing. Like, why would you want to kill a lizard? No, well, nothing hunts reptiles because reptiles are usually well, the top predator in their ecosystem. They're all apex predators. First of all, no, they're not. <laughs> um, second of all... Uh, this is 100% just a lizard talking. Yeah, he's like, you mean the beautiful lizard? Uh, you'd have to catch a lizard first, and you can't catch a lizard. What the fuck are you talking about, dude? You catch lizards all the time. Like kids cal- do it. Calm the fuck down about lizards for a second. And he's like, and they're 
and he's got like gills and shit. <laughs> dangerous when threatened. They're very aggressive. Oh, yeah. And it's like, did you just threaten Peter, who you don't know knows that? Well, he's asking questions about lizards, and he took that very personal. Well, he's asking the lizard scientists <laughs> questions about lizards. Like, come on. But my point is. He's asking- my point is, is he's asking very basic questions about lizards. You could look up in a book or like Bing, I guess. <laughs> no, Bing probably didn't have the answers. That's why you had to ask. Though I got to ask the foremost man on lizards. Oh, God. I do like the scene, though, in the um in the sewer where he shoots the webs everywhere and like listens for like the earth. That was very For the good. vibrations. That yeah. was clever. He makes a web. He yeah. makes like a spider web. Literally a spider and web. He, and he waits for his prey. To, like, touch it. That's exactly what Spider-Man And he's do. playing, like, a game on his phone. On his Sony phone. <laughs> on his Sony Ericsson? Yeah. <laughs> no, I like that part. I like the part a lot. <laughs> it's stupid that he's using a camera that says property of Peter Parker as Spider-Man. Okay, but as a poor nerd, it tracks. It makes sense. It does. Was he trying to just get pictures to sell? No, I think he's Or he was he looking proof. for proof? I think he wants proof. Oh, well, that didn't work out too well for him. No, he lost the camera. <laughs> Peter sees Gwen, who tends to his wounds, and is worried about dating a superhero, herself being the daughter of a police officer her whole life, who has put his life in danger. The lizard is delusional and angry about Spider-Man stopping him from curing the world and finds Peter at the high school. They fight around Stan Lee listening to classical music in the library. The lizard escapes the same way he came in, through a toilet. This is one of my favorite Stan Lee cameos, honestly. I think this is the best one. Like, I honestly think. He's just chilling, listening to music, and there's fights going on behind him. Because it's, like, completely muted. You only hear the classical music. Yep. So, like, best headphones ever made, I guess. Are they Sony? Probably. (laughs) Actually, you know what? My my over-the-ear headphones are Sony, and they're very nice. Oh, okay. Um, So, product placement done right. Yeah. If they're even Sony headphones. They might just be, like generic librarian I think headphones they, i think they are just like old school like over the ear headphones anyway sony call me for um sponsorships <laughs> don't call me call us what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> no microsoft call me i'll plug bing all day <laughs> jesus no i think if we went down the list of stanley cameos and we were to rank them maybe we should do that bonus episode idea that'd be fun i honestly think this is the best one. <laughs> this is one of my favorite it's, ones. It's like short, short and sweet. You don't see it coming. It's not like... I mean, it's fun when he has a speaking role, but a lot of times those feel like they break the flow of the movie a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. This was excellent. It was good. It was so creative. <laughs> also, all the fights are great. The action is great in this movie. We're going to get to it, but I like the part where he starts wrapping the lizard up with webbing. And he crawls and he around crawls him, him like oh a spider. Oh my God, that was so good. No, this whole fight's... This is a good action sequence. It's a, Yeah, this is this is a great one. I like that, you know, Gwen is, like, hesitant about being with another, like, you know, someone who's going to, like, put their life in danger all the time. Yeah. Like, not a safe guy, you know? Yeah, because when, um, when he, like, stumbles into her room, she's, like, joking around with him and stuff. And then she sees that he's wounded and she, like, just stops everything. Yeah. You know, she might have seen stuff like that before with her dad. Yeah. Peter tracks the lizard to his lab and sees a very convenient animation of his plan to use the Ganali device, that's what it's called, to spread this formula and turn everyone into a lizard. That tracks with the comic. (laughs) Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gwen goes to Oscorp to make the antidote. Cops shoot down Spider-Man and surround him. Captain Spacey unmasks him, is shocked to see Peter. He lets him go, but another officer shoots Peter in the leg. 
How do you feel about this unmasking scene? He probably shouldn't have like started fighting all those police officers. I think. I think he should have just tried to reason with them to begin with. Yeah, probably. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to beat them all up real quick. I think his plan was to just like knock them all out and get away. Yeah, like he grabs like one of their rifles and he like breaks it in half. Yeah. Didn't work out for him. In the comics, Captain Stacy knows Peter Parker or, or Spider-Man is Peter Parker. And Gwen doesn't know. And the same thing happens where he makes, well, we're going to get to it. But like he makes some prompts to like stay away from her. Right. This scene where, like, Spider-Man, like, finally, like, reasons with Captain Stacy is, it was a good scene. He's like, hey, like, your daughter's in danger, like, this lizard's going nuts, like, I need to stop this and you need to let me go. Yeah. And he's like... That was pretty good. And as soon as he says, hold your fire, one of the yeah. cops... One, one dumbass. <laughs> uh, shoots him right Is in the this leg. topical? Uh, if anything... It would have been the first interaction with the cop because the cop went immediately fired at him. Oh my god! Just start shooting and almost, right away. Almost hit the carjacker. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I guess he can dodge bullets because he has the spider sense. He can basically see things before they happen. But yeah, he's like fucking shooting at him as soon as he like sees him. Anyway, he had his hands up too. <laughs> yeah. In what turns into a, a sort of a random horror scene, Gwen hides with the device in a closet. The lizard finds her and calmly takes the device with him. Seeing that Spider-Man is injured, Jack's dad, that's the little boy, calls his work buddies to arrange the cranes on top of the buildings for him to get to Oscorp. Police help light the way and the camera pans to an American flag. So that jump scare actually got me. <laughs> with the lizard? Yeah. It's interesting. That whole scene like turned into like Jurassic Park for a second. Yep. That was the vibe that I got. <laughs> and when he like finds her, I was like, ugh. <laughs> But if there's something I do like about this lizard is that, like, instead of kind of like the Hulk where when he transforms, because he has, like, basically, like, an alter ego, like, in yeah. his brain, right? He has, like, split personality now. Mm-hmm. He's not, like, this brute. Like, he's still himself. He's still yeah. very intelligent. He doesn't want to hurt Gwen. Yeah, he has no reason to. He's just like, I need this. He's like, I'm, I'm going to take it. this now. Bye. He very calmly grabs it and walks away. Because yeah, that flame, that little makeshift flamethrower wasn't doing anything to him, and he knew it. <laughs> oh, he, he didn't give a fuck. He's like, that doesn't even hurt. Here. Well, like, in the next scene, he gets shot by, like, 50 rifles and is fine. Yeah. So. He regenerates, I think, a little too quickly. But Yeah. If you cut a lizard's tail off, it takes, like, several days for it to grow back. Yeah. But I guess he's, like, he's just fucking dosing up, like. Yeah. So, all this, like, uh, citizens of New York. New York coming together. Blue-collar guys just working with Spider-Man. The police and Spider-Man working together. All this shit comes from... Every other Spider-Man movie, and the only reason that exists is because 9-11. Yeah, they wanted to do the whole, like, you know, New York United thing. Yeah, because that movie was filming when 9-11 happened. And as that happened, they, I'm talking about the first Spider-Man movie, they reworked some of those scenes. So, like, there's, like, the sense of, like, community in New York City. Like, yeah, we, yeah, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Like, that was all done in reshoots. Yeah, except people in New York City don't give a shit about each other. Yeah, no, it's not very realistic. <laughs> but it became such a like a thing in these Spider-Man movies yeah. that like, and it's a nice thing to think it's, about. It's, it's something it's, that you want. It's very wholesome, and it, yeah. it is nice. Don't get me wrong; it feels very heavy-handed, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and it's funny because it's this. It's not like it's been a part of like Spider-Man forever. It's just become a part of these movies. Right. You get the sense that it's very much like a studio note. Where they're like, okay, at some point in this movie, the citizens of New York and the police 
and first responders all have to come together and help Spider-Man save the day. Exactly. <laughs> and it has to be very American. You know, there has to be an American flag in there because even in, in Spider-Man Homecoming, he poses in front of the American flag for a second. Yeah. And it's the only time it doesn't feel super heavy handed because like then it's kind of cut off by a joke. That's when he's like, hey, Spider-Man, do a flip. I love that scene. <laughs> I do, too. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, you're that spider guy from YouTube. But it's an extended sequence of all these blue collar workers getting like, no, you call that guy because Spider-Man needs our help. Oh, yeah. It's all because he saved. He saved Jack. He saved Jack. Yeah. So this guy's like, oh, no, I'm going to I'm going to make shit happen because I'm a blue collar worker in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I like the scene, though. It is it, cool. And the music that plays is the music awesome. is phenomenal. Yes, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and it really does tug, tug at your heartstrings a little bit. Yeah. And also he solves his problem really fast by just spraying some webbing on it. <laughs> I did like how he used that as like a bandage. Yeah. Spider-Man reaches Oscorp as Lizard is loading the device with the chemical. The Lizard fights him and breaks his web shooters, but Captain Stacy shows up to distract the Lizard while Peter gets to the device on top of the tower. He and Lizard race to the device. Peter quickly switches the vials and the antidote shoots out instead of the chemical. The antidote falls down on everyone in Midtown Manhattan, including the Lizard himself. A half-human Dr. Connor saves Peter from falling off the building. Peter finds the injured Captain Stacy, who tells Peter to leave Gwen out of his hero life. Peter misses the captain's funeral, upsetting Gwen. Then he breaks up with her. (laughs) (laughs) At school, Flash is cool now, and Peter suggests breaking his promise to Captain Stacy in front of Gwen. He finally listens to Uncle Ben's last voicemail. We missed an important Flash Thompson scene earlier, after Uncle Ben died. I mentioned it, didn't I? I don't think so. Well, no, 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 no. I didn't write it down, but I was going to mention it out loud. I didn't say anything about it. I don't think so. So, no. okay. Wait, 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 wait. Ah, fuck, I forgot. I was literally thinking, I was looking at your face. I was going to say, right after uh, Uncle Ben dies and it's during the montage, Flash comes up to Peter to like basically give him his condolences. Yeah. And Peter assumes that he's being a bully and he almost fights him. And Flash is like, yeah, it feels good, doesn't it? It's like, I get it. Like, your uncle died, and he's like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. That's all he says. It is a nice kind of moment because it's almost like Flash is a bully because he's gone through his own trauma. Like, he's gone through yeah. some shit. Um, and that's how he kind of... That's copes. how he copes. Thank you. And so, it gives, like, a layer of dimension to Flash Thompson, yeah. doesn't it? And the newer movies give him, like, some layers, too, like, in the background. Like, you're getting oh, a sense yeah, of, like, yeah, something, yeah. like, something's wrong with his family. His like. family is, like, his dad and yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're probably going to explore that a little bit more, too, I imagine. I hope so. Yeah, because I like that Flash Thompson a lot. Yeah, I do, too. I yeah. I kind of like this one, too. Same. And at the end here, he's, like, super cool, and he's all better now because, like, he has a positive influence in his life now. Like, Spider-Man's his positive Spider-Man. influence. And Flash Thompson is, like, Spider-Man's biggest fan in the comics, too. Oh, yeah? That's, that's like, a thing. That's, like, a thing. Yeah, he's got, like, a Spider-Man shirt, and he's like, yeah, man, and he's like, he's so fucking cool or something. <laughs> he also, like, witnessed Spider-Man, like, save the whole school. Yeah. So that's something, obviously, but yeah, I kind of like his, I like little Flash has like, has a whole character arc here. kind of he like does. it. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, there's a lot to break down here, but like, I kind of hated that Captain Stacy shows up with no backup, <laughs> which is not yeah, a realistic thing. He just kind of rolls up and he's like, all right, Gwen, give me that. 
He just has yeah. He takes the antidote, but he, I'm saying he shows up to the top of the tower oh. with a shotgun, and, and that's, that's it. it. He's like, I got this. He's shooting lizard. He obviously isn't he doesn't doing got anything. This. Yeah, you don't got this at all. It's your fault. You're dead. Actually, he, he did buy him time. Valuable seconds. Sure. Okay. Captain Stacy's the real hero. <laughs> Peter Parker's kind of the villain because he ends the movie with breaking a promise he made to a dying man. I, okay, here's the thing, and I think they explore it a little bit in the next movie. It's not his place to do that. You know what I mean? Like, it's really not the father's place no. to force certain things out of the daughter's life. And yeah, he has good reason, and he, it's his dying moment, so, like, you can't fault him for it. He just wants know? his daughter to be safe. And you know what? He was right. He's absolutely right. He's 100% right. And we're going to get to that. we'll find that out. But... <laughs> but it's not his place, and I'm glad that Gwen figured it out right away because i'm like oh man i hope she doesn't get the wrong impression that he's like actually a huge dick i know i said put it on the poster he's a big dick he's a big dick but <laughs> not like this but like yeah this is fucking horrible you know <laughs> oh yeah your dad just that we're breaking up yeah like oh. right but she's like he told you to say this right like he told you to stay away from me and he's like i can't talk about it <laughs> <laughs> i really like that little moment at the end with aunt may and he's like that girl's really pretty. Did you ask her out? Like, he, she has no idea what's going on. And he's like, no, I'm no good for her. And she gets so mad at him. She's <laughs> like, you are good. You're the most <laughs> good boy I know. <laughs> but it's it's so sweet. You it know? is. And like. She's it, definitely like a mother to him. She's. 100%. Yeah. I, I liked her a lot. And then he listens to the voicemail that he was putting off because obviously like. It was like his last words, basically. Yeah. And he basically is. You know, Uncle Ben's like, I know what you're going through. Like. You figuring out who you are and shit, and it can be tough. Puberty. Yeah. And like, are you Spider-Man or what are you? What's your deal? (laughs) Also, when you slammed that door, you kind of, you know, left us exposed to the elements. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and he brings the eggs home for Aunt May. Oh, I thought that was so funny. Because, uh, yeah, right. At the end of the movie, he comes in and he's like super fucking beat up. And Aunt May had already argued with him about this earlier. And earlier in the movie... He forgot to bring eggs. And that was also an argument that they had because he, he's not being very responsible, right? No. And he's like about to pull something out of his backpack and you feel like it's going to be his suit to be like, look, this is why I'm yeah. Spider-Man and it's eggs. <laughs> it feels like at some moments though that like she's catching on that he's Spider-Man. Maybe, yeah. She sees him on TV too. Yeah, but I don't think in the second movie she shows any indication of like no. really knowing... There's some scenes here where he looks just like the PS4 Peter Parker. <laughs> oh, like before they turned him into yeah, Tom yeah, the Holland? First, yes, the first one. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. put some pictures side by side, but probably linked below. Scroll down. They do. They look very similar. They look very similar. I got to replay it. <laughs> I got to replay through the whole thing. Every side <laughs> mission. Every every mugger. Otherwise, I'm a shit fan. All those fucking pigeons. <laughs> All the backpacks. Oh, my God. Also, the, the the whole thing about, like, figuring out who he is. He walks into the literature class, which is so meta. And she's like, there's only really one plot. Who am I? Oh, yeah. Like, wow. Who am I? What a way to recap the whole movie. <laughs> so, I think that's it. That's Spider-Man. That's Amazing Spider-Man. That's the Amazing Spider-Man. And that movie, I don't know. Would you say it was kind of amazing? Let's get into it. Um, <laughs> overall thoughts. We're in the analysis now. What do you have to say here? I like this movie a lot. As far as being a new iteration of Spider-Man goes, I'm very impressed, honestly. Like, everything from um, 
just the tone of it like it's different but it's also still spider-man the suit again different but also still spider-man like a lot of this is like different but enough of it is still very much like in line with other iterations of spider-man that we've seen like whether it be in the comics or the tv shows or even the previous movies Hmm. so I, i think this movie does a really good job at starting over which is what it was meant to do yeah i i like this too Mm, not to think about it but i think i think i really like this movie i think it's like genuinely good i think it's more of like uh i think it's more fun to consider this movie not a reboot but like an alternate universe an alternate universe spider-man yeah Yeah. like i could totally see it might be i mean it yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) time will tell but probably yeah but i just feel like this is what if Spider-Man, but he's extra sarcastic, cool. and, and he's cool, and he's kind of a dick? Again, yeah. call this movie Sarcastic Spider-Man. But he's kind of mean to villains. Like those Raimi movies. When you really think about it, those Raimi movies are just like, and I said this, they're soap operas, right? Like dialed up to like 11. Oh my god. It, the whole movie, all three of them, are more concerned about the will-they-won't-they between Mary Jane and Peter Parker yep. than anything else. It's the, the most important thing in the movies. That's the overarching plot. Yeah. The fuck the villains. That's second tier compared to like <laughs> Mary Jane and Peter Parker. And are they together? Are they not together? And oh, he forgot to go to her play. And I'm a friend of Miss Watson. And he's always sad and crying and ripping his mask off. And well, so was this guy. Yeah, but for better reasons. <laughs> this movie. So thank you. Because this film feels like. We have to do the same thing as those movies. Again, a lot of the same plot points have to be retreaded. But different. But different, but also modern. I feel like this movie really tried to be modern because those Raimi movies feel like... It feels like it's set in the 60s, but it's not set in the 60s. You know? Yeah. Again, it's like an Archie comic. It's not realistic at all. (laughs) It's like a heightened reality. It's almost like watching... Which is fine in a vacuum. Right. Yeah. yeah, sure. It feels like you're watching like a Speed Racer or like Kick-Ass or something. But yeah. like, you know, it's like its own kind of reality. Mm-hmm. Whereas this like this one, honestly, still today feels pretty modern. Nothing seems it, super dated yeah. or anything. Maybe the phones are using. That's it. I mean, also Sony. <laughs> but yeah, it feels like a more modern representation of Peter Parker. I feel like it has to kind of differentiate itself and in some places it works really well one example he just tells gwen stacy he's spider-man immediately yeah he doesn't beat around the bush he doesn't think about it too hard he doesn't spend three movies fucking wondering if he has to do this <laughs> you know what i mean he just goes yeah it's me look psh, shoot you with my shut web. up and kiss me yeah <laughs> seriously <laughs> and i appreciate that because we don't have to spend a lot of movie retreading that you know like yeah. the secret identity thing. It's just kind of like, it felt like the equivalent of like, I am Iron Man. Fuck the secret identities. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think in the MCU, the only character with the secret identity Spider-Man. is Spider-Man. Yeah. And I guess like the Netflix heroes, sort uh, of. I mean, a lot of times, like, it doesn't matter. Like, they're not publicly known. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of times they don't have like secret identities. They don't have alter egos. It's like... No, it's like, it's... It's a Spider-Man thing. It's yeah, no, but I mean in comics, oh, in all, comics. all of them had alter egos and secret identities. Yeah, but like in a lot of times he, in movies, it's kind of like they don't need it because they're just who they are. It's like Thor's Thor. He doesn't have to pretend to be Donald Blake anymore. You know what I'm saying? Right. He's just Thor, 
And like Steve Rogers is Captain America. Yeah, it's just something they call him as Captain America, but he is yeah. Steve Rogers. It's one and the same. There's no need to be have yeah. a secret identity. Tony Stark outed himself immediately. Right. <laughs> like, so in here, I really appreciate that. Like, yeah, we don't got to do this. It's just you like know, maybe the public, you know, keep it a secret. And, and there's more, you know, you can develop more interesting like story this way, because then we get the part where she's like, I'm not sure if I want to do this. Because you're gonna die one day. You're gonna come home. And you're, you're gonna be dead. And you're gonna be, right. Like you're gonna you're gonna walk, you're gonna zombie in. No, like you're gonna be hurt. And I have to worry every time you go out. And I've been doing this my whole life with my dad. So like I don't want another dad. It's just more you know? more to be stressed out about yeah. all the time. But you couldn't do that topic if you were still like, oh, I'm hiding my identity from you. I'm doing exactly what Toby McGuire did. You know what I mean? And you hate me because you think I'm ignoring you, but really. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's not super heavy handed with like the love stuff. Oh, man. That's just Toby walking away in the funeral in that first movie. Just being like, it's too dangerous for us to be together. Oh, God. Just (laughs) fucking no. (laughs) I'm sorry. I like it's like it's melodramatic. Like in the worst way. Melodramatic. It is so melodramatic. And I like those movies. Don't get me wrong. They're they're, very, <laughs> they're, they have, they're fun. They're very nostalgic. I hold, they hold a very special place in yeah. my heart. But like, <laughs> there are parts where I'm like, this does it a lot better, you know? Well, I mean, here, like, this, I mean, there's a funeral here, too, in this movie. And he just kind of, he kind of, like, pops his head to, like, look at the funeral and then he leaves. Well, I like that he's there. He's there, but he's not there. It's complicated. He's here, he's here but he's not here. He wasn't there for Gwen. Yeah, and I believe that. Seriously. Yeah. And we talked about also like the mystery boxes. I also don't feel like it really holds this movie back that much. Not I think as much as the next movie. The next one. The yeah. next one's much deeper. And this one, it just kind of sets it up in the beginning, and that's kind of it. It is a little bit interesting because it's like, yeah, we never see Peter Parker's parents. Like, even in the comics, it's not that... Like, they're in it's the comics. It's not super well-known, though. But it's, yeah, it's not super well-known. It's a very small thing. Yeah. They did kind of just drop the whole... Like, he never finds his uncle's killer. And I don't think he needs to. Okay. I don't think it was such a drop so much as like he just he realized this isn't what a hero is. Like, yeah. I don't need to be doing this. I think that's when I was going to mention the whole uh, Flash Thompson thing. Oh, okay. Is like he's realizing that like he doesn't need vengeance. And earlier in the movie, when he gets in trouble for fighting Flash, Uncle Ben is like, he says something about getting revenge. Yeah. Like, you're just, like, trying to get back at him. He doesn't even fight Flash, though. He humiliates him by... Slam dunking. Slam dunking (laughs) so well that... (laughs) He destroyed the basket, yeah. (laughs) Oh, another thing that this movie does is... Peter Parker, like, pretty much exposes himself, like, as Spider-Man multiple times by doing, like, these weird feats of athleticism. I was just about to ask, how has no one figured it out yet? Like, there's obviously the basketball scene... There's a football scene, too. There's a football scene where he he's, like, you know, making out Gwen or whatever, and he yeah. catches a football and just throws it without looking. And and it goes... And dents the... <laughs> the the upright on the goalpost, and then it just keeps going, too. And, and then, like, the people in the field just, like, stop and look at him. And they're like, what the fuck? I think someone says something, too. Like, what was that? Who did that? And then um, there was a third thing that he does. There was a train, too, where he, like, jumps. And everyone's just like, you're sticking to that ceiling. Oh, yeah, he stuck to the ceiling. He beat the shit out of everybody on the train by accident. Um, He dove off a skyscraper in normal clothes. Yes, and he lands on the ground. Thank God there was nobody in the streets. <laughs> but there would be. There would be normally. 
But yeah, he like he does all these things very publicly. Oh yeah, he like picks up Flash and throws him against the locker too. Oh yeah, he is not Flash strong. Doesn't think much about this at all. No, he's... Flash is just like, oh man, I used I used to be like you. Yeah, he's not like how. Why are you so strong? Also, like there was that scene where like he's trying to get the ball from him and he's palming it and he can like you know. Yeah, and he's like, come on, take it. He's like really fucking with him there too. I kind of love it. Yeah. It's more modern, it's a little grittier, and it feels in a lot of ways more realistic. Again, the Raimi movies never tried being realistic. No. So that's not a point against them for like not being realistic. That's not what they intended to do ever, mm-hmm. you know? Like think back to uh the part where um he shoots organic webs out of his veins. <laughs> oh, by the way, those were supposed to be web shooters. Did you know that? Originally, really? Yeah. Why they do away? With uh, they uh, see, uh, there's a scene where you can see the web shooters on his wrist, mm-hmm. and then they CGI'd it off. That why? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll link that below because there's okay. You can see it. Yeah, like if I was Peter Parker, this is what I would be doing if I was Spider Man. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, like he's beating up the bullies. He's making fun of them. He always kind of love... becomes a bully himself. Yeah. I think that's kind of the point of the movie, but I love the part where uh, the guy has the knife and he's like, oh my God, is that a real knife? And he's like, yeah, it's a real knife. <laughs> my weakness. Small, Tiny, small knives. Small knives. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I like the web shooters. I like the little lights that go off. The lights that go off. There's almost like a... pretty cool. You see like particles flying out when he uses them too. Yeah. There's a lot of detail there. Yeah. But yeah, no, the lights were definitely what I noticed the most. So it's like, oh, this looks like something that he kind of made. On the web shooters, do you want to talk about the costume? Yeah. I love this costume. <laughs> and it's an unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm. But this this is one of my favorite no, Spider-Man I like costumes. it a lot, too. I think at first I was turned off by it. But then it grew on me. And now I'm like, this is one of the cooler looking like alternate Spider-Man costumes. Yeah, alternate's the right word. There doesn't have to be just one suit. No, and, and there isn't. It wasn't until the MCU movies that they're like, yeah, he's going to have a million suits. Why not? Mm-hmm. You know, and but I mean, Marvel's done that with all their characters. There's no character repeats their costumes, basically. They always have newer ones that are slightly different, right? And usually easier to draw. <laughs> no, I'm talking about uh, the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> oh, okay. Universe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But in these, like, you know, in the Raimi movies, yeah, he had one costume, the whole thing. Up until, like, the black suit or whatever. Which is just the same costume, but black. It's the same costume, but black. Exactly. Which is different from the fucking comic, which is a a different costume. Yeah. But there is something about this suit that just looks more realistic. Well, I think also it was a real suit. Well, yeah. It looks real. looks Mm -hmm. like I can touch it. And, I mean, Tobey Maguire's was real, too. But it's... Tobey Maguire's is just so perfectly fitted to his body that it just doesn't... There's, there's like, there's no imperfections in it or anything. Yeah. Yeah. And like I'm like nobody would wear that, and it doesn't look. It looks like a costume. It, I think part of it is like the little web, the raised webbing, the raised webbing on it, that kind of detail. And, and don't get me wrong, it looks great, but it looks great for that universe where it's this heightened reality and it's not very realistic. And right. the color palette is what it is, and it's very kind of bright. And this is, and a lot of people don't like this suit because it breaks. The convention of like what Spider-Man wears usually, mm. but who gives a shit? Like Spider-Man's they're... worn some weird shit though. But things can be a little bit different, is what I'm saying. Yeah, you know the only major difference is where the red and blue goes. Like he doesn't have a little red belt. 
His eyes have more of like a yellowish tint to them too. Yeah, the eyes like are polarized. They're thin and they're like they're basically like they're like a yellow sunglasses. Yeah. And people don't like that, but like I think it looks fine and especially for just one movie cuz he changes his costume in the next movie. Yeah. To be something way too comic accurate, I think. Like it looks too much like the comic Oh book. my god, yeah. I think it should have been something in between. Like if you're going to change it, all right, tweak it so it's closer to the comic, but it still resembles this. Like there, it still looks like something that could be worn in reality. Yeah, and something and we're going to talk about next week. But the thing I hate most about the Amazing Spider-Man 2 costume is that it's not red nor blue. It's two different shades of purple. Like the red is like a purple red and the blue is like a violet. You know, like it's such a weird color combination. Whereas this is a bright red and a kind of dark muted blue. And it yeah. looks really good this costume does look it's kind of shiny in a good way it's it almost sleek. looks like it's sleek and almost like it's what it, you can see the wrinkles on him yeah especially when like when the wind is hitting the wrinkles like move mm-hmm. like all the cloth is kind of like bunching up a little bit on itself well, i think what they did is they just had him in a real suit and then just like touched it up with cgi yeah because when i saw a lot of the behind the scenes stuff like he's wearing that suit yeah <laughs> so I, I think there's nothing wrong with a superhero wearing something that looks realistic. Yeah. And I mean, there's like, cool, how does he put it on and take it off? Who cares? Oh, you can see where the mask hits the shirt. Who cares? Like, <laughs> it's real. Yeah, because it's a mask he takes off. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to... Because the the Tobey Maguire one, you couldn't see the seams. It was so perfectly done. It was like a full body suit. Yeah. Like, it, head to it, toe. It doesn't look like something that could exist in real life. And yet it only does because... Someone very meticulously built it. Someone that got paid to do that. Right. It's like a very talented <laughs> Not a costumer. Um, freshly graduated out of high school kid. Yeah. Who doesn't even have time to deliver pizzas. So something I thought was funny uh, is that in the um, video game for this movie, which is not a super good video game. It's like, okay. Yeah. But the swing mechanics are pretty good, except the camera gets really weird. Yeah. Um, I bought it because I was like missing around this era. I was missing Spider-Man video games. So I was like, well, let me try this one out. I know it's not very popular. Oh, well, you missed one of the best ones by a couple of years when you got this one. Cause, uh, like two years before this one was the, the shattered dimension. Mm-hmm. I didn't play that one. Yeah. That's considered one of the best ones. You like it? It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's like a Spider-Verse one. Yeah. It like Spider-Man Noir beef. is in it. Yeah. Spider-Man Noir, um, Spider-Man 2099. Yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. It's it's a cool game. Is it open world? No, right? Uh, No, that one's like level-based, like the older Spider-Man games. Yeah. Well, in that game, not Shattered Dimensions, in this game. Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man, the one, from the, the one that from the movie, you wear his costume, but from the very beginning of the game, it's like, choose, do you want belt or no belt? They added a belt so it would look more like the traditional spider-man costume like a red <laughs> belt on his suit or you could go no belt and look like the movie oh, that was smart of them to do but it's such a weird thing because it's like well, people have like their preference that's my point <laughs> yeah. it's like hey pick your difficulty and now pick belt or no belt <laughs> like that's how early you got to yeah. pick it it was weird <laughs> the, i remember the story for that game being kind of cool though was Even it, if the gameplay was kind of... Was it not... Did it not follow us? I played it for like It a, followed the hour. movie, but it had like a side thing going on with like um, Alistair Smythe, who becomes a spider slayer. 
And then, like, other cross-species, like, the scorpion is in the game, but he's, like, a cross-species. Oh, like, so he's, like, a real scorpion. Yeah, like, like how Lizard is and how Spider-Man yeah, yeah, yeah. is, but a scorpion. I like the scorpion from the Spider-Man, it's either 2 or 3 video game, who's, like, he's in a big mechanic. I think it was Spider-Man 2. He's in a big mechanical he's in suit. mechanical suit. It's, like, a big green mechanical suit. Mm-hmm. Playing in the, near the beginning. That was L- fun. Like how he looked in the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The score is incredible. I love it. James Horner, he gets replaced by Hans Zimmer in the next one. Again, I saw that movie one time. Right. But I love Hans Zimmer, and I'm disappointed because I love this score so much. This score was very good. Even, like, the main theme was, like, really good. Like, as it was playing, I remembered it. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, I remember when I saw this movie now because of the music. I'm going to download it, and I wish it was a little more iconic because... I mean, it is iconic. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying within the context of this movie. But because this universe didn't really take off. Yeah. Like, there's no... I mean, there are video games. But they weren't great video games. They were like, eh. Part of the reason why the Raimi scores... The Danny Elfman? Uh, Danny Elfman, yeah. I just meant Raimi movie scores. Like, I remember those even right, right now. is because I played the video games for so long. And they you know? play that score on repeat. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... But, man, the music in this movie is so good, and it's so present. It doesn't shy away. It just hits you with, mm. like, the themes and such good moments. And I'm thinking back to, like, you know, Jack being in the car, the little kid, and it's on yep. fire. And the music is swelling, and it is such a good moment. And if you haven't seen this movie or you're not really watching it and you're just listening to this, go just watch yeah, that we, one scene. Yeah, we can't do it justice, like, explaining it. It's so good. It's it, a very again, good like Spider-Man scene too. It might it's Spider-Man be one of my, saving someone. It might be my favorite Spider-Man scene, period. And I'm all about the Tom Holland. I'm all about new <laughs> Spider-Man. Fuck all this old stuff. I didn't want a Spider-Verse movie. You know, like I don't care folding in the old universes. Fuck all that shit. I'm all about Tom Holland. But I saw this and I'm like, this is the best Spider-Man moment ever. <laughs> this is good stuff. Better than the fucking train on Spider-Man 2 that everybody jacks off Oh, they off circle to. jerk to that so much. And it's a good scene, primarily, I think, for the action. But, yeah. like, it's not that touching. No, you know? it's Tobey Maguire making an ugly face, stopping a train, then passing out. And New York coming together to keep his secret. And then, like, some, like, 13-year-old kid who sounds like he's four who goes, hey, mister, you forgot your mask. <laughs> and there's a guy that goes, he's just a kid. He looks no more older than my son. Like, this Is man, your son 40? This man looks like he's about 40. <laughs> because that, right. <laughs> I don't really like that train scene that much. I don't think it's that good. I don't think that movie is that good. I think that movie is good, but I think people hype it up. People circle way jerk to that too movie. Much. It's so circle jerk. Like, oh, Otto Octavius is the most complex villain ever. No, he's no, not. He's not. He's not. He was a good guy, and then, you know, he got taken over by a split personality. Oh, hey, that happened to Green Goblin. Oh, hey, that happened to Lizard in this movie. It happens to all of them. <laughs> it happens to literally all of them. <laughs> The action's really good, and I mean, a lot of this is carried over from the last three movies. Sony knows how to do Spider-Man at this point, and that yeah. is a lot in thanks to Raimi, because like, for those movies, they learned how to put a camera on a wire and swing it off a fucking building. That's how they did those shots, <laughs> and that had never been done before. It was before. a new technique. Yeah. They're like, let's take this really expensive camera and throw it off the building. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how they did that. 
That's insane. There's, they don't have to prove themselves on on doing Spider Man. Like they know how to make Spider Man swing around and look fucking amazing. Right. You know, it's usually the writing that they need some help with. And so none of the action in this film was disappointing for me at all. No, and I don't know if you noticed, but a lot of the action had like long cuts too. I usually wouldn't notice that, and I didn't. I think I was just really into there it. There weren't really like super yeah, quick yeah. cuts or anything like that. Like you saw like whoever was doing that stunt do that stunt. I got a little nervous when they shot him in the leg because it, it is a trope to injure the hero. Yeah, for the third act, or just kind of like bring him down a peg somehow. Mm. You know, think about like how Iron Man is like, oh, he's using his less powerful arc reactor, arc reactor and he's at only at ten percent, and he can't fly, and he has to be more ingenuitive, and that's it's ways of writing the third act to be more interesting. Yeah, I get it, but I also don't like it. I would just I want ra- to see the hero fully powered. Yes. I would just rather see a very good technical action scene at the end of the movie that's the peak. You know what I mean? And they did it for Spider-Man Homecoming too. Like he doesn't have his regular suit. He kind of has to figure it out. And yeah, it's good story-wise, but like Yeah. Think about like Far st- From Home does a good job with it. He finally like unlocks his spider sense and he yeah. Or he figures out his spider sense and uses it to just beat the shit out of Mysterio. Yeah, I'll give you that. But I always think back to, like, uh, the Star Wars prequels. The okay. finales in those, like, episode one, episode something three. something that was always being built towards. Dude, episode three, the fucking lightsaber fight with Obi-Wan and, and Anakin. Very good. It's both of them at 110%, and it's extended, it's very technical, and it's like some people might say it's over choreographed, but it's. I, but I, that's my point. Yeah, they might have even pushed it too far. But it's beautiful to watch. It's incredible. Yeah, it's an, it's awesome. Like that's the kind of third act that I, I want to see. I, I do want to see the the hero go all in with the villain, and so again, he fixes it very quickly, uh, <laughs> and yeah. it creates a, kind of this nice moment with the cranes and whatever. And by the time he fights Lizard at the end. It's just as good as their other fights, although the school fight is definitely the best one. The school fight's so good. The CGI holds up, too. The lizard looks fine. I was expecting yeah. it to look worse. I thought, like, at some points, like, it kind of looks like he was, like, almost, like, untextured. But I think that was intentional. Like, I think he's supposed to look the way he does. Like, he looked too smooth at some parts. Mostly on his face. Was it because he was, like, healing or something? It might have like... been. That might have been it. And that might have been what I saw. Oh, Okay. But honestly, like, my only issue with the Lizard is I just don't like the way his face looks, but it's not bad CGI or anything like that. I think it looks pretty good, yeah. My only, com- like, real complaint with the Lizard, other than that stupid-ass scene we talked about. Uh, <laughs> Lizards are fucking awesome. <laughs> um, he's super in love with them. They put him in a lab coat for one scene. Yeah. And that's it. And I'm like, fuck, he looks so good in the lab coat. And he just rips it off. And he rips it off. The lab coat actually looks yeah, it looked good on him. Looked fantastic. I don't. I don't get they, it. They're they're like, ah, like, here's our nod to the original design. But it doesn't look. But yeah, that reminds what? me of like the Incredible Hulk when um the stretchy pants. Yeah, she goes out to get him pants, and it's like they're big purple pants. And he's like, nah, I'm not wearing that. And then he wears jeans. You know, Hulk always wore purple pants. Yeah, but that's stupid. But like the lab coat is cool. So the he lab, should have just kept him. The, the lab, lab coat, coat looked cool. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't the, like that. He didn't have purple pants, so that's fine. But. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, ditch the purple pants. Like, for a lizard. Because they are stupid. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. On think, the lizard. I think they just thought purple looked good on green. Well, they also had very limited color palettes. 
They That's had like right. this was the sixties. They had like twenty colors to choose from. So like, uh, <laughs> what do you put against green, purple, purple? Is it ridiculous? A little bit. And then the cinematography, I I do like that first person stuff, even if it's only for a second. But like, only for a second. But all in all, like this movie looks very good. Yeah, it's it's a dark movie, like just color wise. Yeah, but it doesn't look bad in any way. It kind of makes it better like it fits the tone that this movie's going for it's not like an exaggerated darkness like people would say like like the dc movies are where it's like a little bit like saturated yeah okay i'll give you that like it's not quite there i think it looks very good yeah i I think it's it's just a it's a pretty movie to look at yeah it still has its bright moments and yeah a lot of this movie is set at night which is almost like not very spider-man-y but it's still like it works. I think it looks very good. I think the the parts that are bright are supposed to be bright. Colors pop really well. But I love when you know they can tone a film in a lot of darkness. I think that looks very yeah good. You know, dark can look really good if you do it right. Yeah. So what are your lows for this? Um, I will say the Peter Parker's parent stuff only because I know that doesn't get resolved. But like in this movie by itself, it doesn't really bring the movie down. Because, like you said, it does raise interesting questions. And, like I said, at the beginning of the movie, it does a good job at catching your interest. Yeah, I don't... So, it's almost, like, not fair for me to knock the movie on that. But it's also how I feel. (laughs) Yeah, I totally get it. I don't think they should have... Again, when you set up mystery boxes like this, it's almost, like, always disappointing. It's almost always disappointing. There has to be a plan, though. When you do that, you can't just... All right, I'll let somebody else figure that out. (laughs) J.J. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think for me, my low points for this, a couple plot things. You know, it's like you know, that scene with the lizard where he's just kind of like, <laughs> he's all sweating. He's like, lizards are beautiful and I love lizards and <laughs> you'll never catch a lizard. Why are you asking so many questions about lizards? And <laughs> and Peter's like, are you a fucking lizard, man? Like, what's your deal? <laughs> They're aggressive when threatened. <laughs> There's that, and there's the part where, like, he goes to the lab, and he sees the very convenient animation of, like, it's like a picture of him, first of all. First of all. Where did he find the time to put that into his computer? It probably takes, like, two seconds. No, a picture of him as the lizard. Oh. Uh. I don't you you remember this. (laughs) How did he do that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He just transformed for the first time. There's a picture of him as the lizard, and then there's, like, an animation of, like, the little, like, disperser thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a million little lizards, again, pictures of him, and they're spreading out through New York City. <laughs> like, I want to make everybody a lizard because being a lizard is so fucking cool. It's so fucking great. They're so fucking beautiful. You can't even catch a lizard. But why does he like <laughs> need to make this animation? You know what I mean? I don't know. It, it's it, for us, but. Obviously. No, it's for like kids. It, it's for, yeah, kids that don't. That aren't what's like going on. paying attention. Again, originally I thought that this plot was overused and, and bad, but like honestly, it's just the end of the movie that has this plot. Yeah. It's not like the whole movie is centered around this, like, he wants to make everyone a lizard and we have to get the antidote. Because other movies, like I said, it's other only movies. The third act, yeah. It's it's only really the, the the very end. And other movies that do that center the whole film around this. Most of this movie is set around very character driven stuff. Yeah. And that's the Almost kind like of... Almost like the villain plot was like a backseat type of thing. Yeah, sure. And that's kind of the movies that I like where the plot is 
feels natural. We talked about this one like X Men one and two that felt such yeah. a natural like progression of like what the characters would be doing. This movie is very character driven. Most of the plot is directed by the characters, and that's the exact way to go. It's not till the very end that they're like, "Oh, we got to go get the thing." <laughs> Shit, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I think I misremembered a lot of this movie because I I really do like it. It's enjoyable. Oh, I will say one other thing I didn't like. The way Uncle Ben died was... That could have been done a lot better. And the whole responsibility spiel. Okay. I agree with you that like Uncle Ben was kind of like killed in a weird way. And they could have written that a lot better. They could have made better. it make more sense. Yeah. Yeah. It felt a little bit weak. It felt... Like, why were all the Temporary. characters doing what they were doing? Yeah, yeah, At the same time, all the build-up to that, I thought was excellent. Yeah. I thought all the Uncle Ben stuff was great. Except his death. Ex- <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but you want to compare it to, like, the Raimi film? I think it had more sentiment going in to the relationship to Uncle Ben. You know, like, you felt it a lot more. I definitely like this Uncle Ben more than the Raimi one. And he feels real. Again, that that Uncle Ben and Aunt May, they, they feel like caricatures. You know what I mean? Why it's, are they so old? They're so old, first of all. They're like 90. How much older than, like, <laughs> Richard Parker is Ben? It makes you feel like... Because, like, I have a little brother, and I'm 19 years older than him. Yeah. But that's, like, an extreme circumstance. Like, my dad remarried. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, those brothers would have had to have been, like, 20 years apart, and... Peter was born to, like, older parents in the first place, too. They were, like, in their mid-30s. I mean, by the time they left, they looked about, like, maybe, like, 45. Yeah, but Uncle Ben is maybe, like, 50 years older than <laughs> Tobey Maguire. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. They're very old. It's like, it's your aunt and uncle. It's not your great-grandfather and yeah. grandmother. Like, And that's something that the MCU movies resolved a little bit by making... Aunt May. Aunt May's pretty young. Here's the thing, though. The actress isn't that young. Nah, she's like in her 40s. She's just hot. Yeah. <laughs> Marissa Tomei's just... Beautiful. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> no, but she's definitely younger than Sally Field. Yeah. And Sally Field even looks good for her age. Sure, yeah. yeah. So, I, um, I don't know. Just Uncle Ben is always like an ancient man for some reason. They were ancient in the comic. And uh, I was reading... Yes. Uh-huh. They draw them so old and elderly. Like they're wrinkled as fuck. Their hair is white, white, white. Yeah. And they're making Peter wheat cakes. It's the 60s, too. They also bring him, like, crackers and milk. And he goes, crackers and milk? Oh, bless them. <laughs> if they only knew. And I thought, because I fucking don't. I'm not from the 60s. I thought that was, like, an he was exclaiming something. And then I realized, oh, no, they literally brought him crackers and milk. I thought he just went... Crackers and milk. Like, oh shucks. Crackers and milk. I was like, is that something that they say in the 60s? No, they brought him crackers and milk. No, he, she literally brought a platter of crackers and milk. Anyway. Um, oh, man, how the uh, world has changed. Oh, God, yeah. Like, oh, pizza rolls, thanks. That'd be like the 90s, I feel yeah. like. Bagel bites, actually. Bagel bites. Did you know, and you do know, because you were about to say it to me, we both were going to say it to each other. Let's do it at the same time. One, three, two. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> the Oscorp Tower in this was, was going to be in the Avengers. Avengers movie, yeah. Because they were coming out at the same time. Same summer. Yeah. Yeah. So they were almost, they weren't going to have a crossover. But they thought if there were to be a crossover at any given point. We could have the seed planted here. The seeds are planted. 
Oscorp Tower exists in New York City in the Avengers, and Avengers Tower exists in New York City in Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. That was the idea. The only reason it didn't work is because the CGI wasn't finished in time to share in each other's movies. Which sucks, because that, that kind of would have been cool. I mean, it would have been cool at the time, but I mean, we, we're fine. We got We got Spider-Man, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it all it, worked out. We still don't know who bought Avengers Tower and Homecoming either. It's definitely Oscorp. You think it's Oscorp? It's definitely you don't think Oscorp. It's Fantastic Four. Because here's the thing: Spider-Man Homecoming. A subplot in that movie is that they're moving out of Avengers, Avengers Tower. Tower. Yeah, and then because somebody bought it. In, because somebody bought it, right? And then in Spider-Man Far From Home, you see that building remodeled. So the only times they ever mention that building after the Avengers. Age of Ultron is in Spider-Man movies. Therefore, it's it has to be a Spider-Man related thing. Therefore, it's Oscorp. Okay. Yep. And That's it's going to be the exact Oscorp tower from Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. No, because we saw the tower. It's got a big, like, a uh, little, like, empty area in the middle. You don't see, where like, he... a logo or anything, do you? No, but he flies through it. You see most of the building. Oh, okay. It's also very unrealistic that that building got remodeled so quickly because buildings like that take several decades to build <laughs> yeah but like, they got osborne money yeah but think about like freedom tower that took like 15 years to build yeah that did and, like a skyscrapers like well, that take forever how many years has it been since age of ultron the mcu we had the it was like five years not even that remember there was they, a couple years it was two after... years it was two years you know why because they moved out of that of avengers tower in homecoming oh. And then by Far From Home, it's a completely different skyscraper. It's five years then, at least. It's two years. Seven years. Between those two movies. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry, Far From the Home's blip, after the blip. the blip. Yeah. All right, seven years. Seven years. That's not enough. And also... And also half the population was gone. Yeah, there was no economic boom to be rebuilding buildings during that time. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Let's move on to my favorite segment, Keeper Cancel. This is where we talk about the people in the movie, and we decide if they should be kept or canceled. To play on cancel culture, you get it. Uh, Berto, I think for <laughs> this movie, we should do the stars. Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone. Okay. Pretty simple. Yeah. Cool. Who do you want to do first? Andrew Garfield, alphabetical Spider- order. I was going to say <laughs> Spider-Man, but... <laughs> or Spider-Man. Let's... Yeah. Alphabet- let's... Alphabetically. Alphabetically. <laughs> um, Andrew Garfield. He is British right there did you know that i did only because i had seen interviews of him watching just his works like social network and this yeah i wouldn't have thought i think i've only ever seen him be american in roles and i think i knew he was british but i never thought about it too much and then one day i was like well now he's like doing like press or whatever and i saw uh, an interview and he's like super british (laughs) I don't want to talk about Spider-Man anymore. Yeah. And so I'm just like, God, this man does really good American accents. He does. Like, I would have never thought, had I not looked it up somewhere, Mm. that he was British. Born in L.A., though, uh, and then moved to London at three years old and was raised there. So he has dual citizenship, which is pretty cool. Okay. He's an alumnus of the, this is the most British-sounding school I've ever heard in my life, the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. Ah, theater kid. Ah, the theater. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, some of his filmography. The Other Boleyn Girl was one of his first roles. I've never heard of it. Really? Yeah. 
It's Natalie Portman and Scarlett Johansson. Oh, Black Widow. And, and Padme. Oh, I was going to say... Uh, Jane Foster. Jane Foster, Thor. Yeah. Lady Thor. Anyway. <laughs> the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Have you ever seen this movie? I've heard of it. It's fucking wild. It's a wild-ass movie. It's so trippy. Pretty good, but it's super weird. This is the movie that... What's-his-face died on? Heath Ledger? Heath Ledger. Yeah. Well, he didn't die on this movie. He died in the process of filming this movie. So they had to figure out what to do with the film. The director... The director of that movie is cursed, by the way. Terry Gilliam. He was one of the uh, Monty Python guys. Okay. Once he started directing movies, any movie he touches is, like, cursed. He tried to make the Don Quixote movie for like 20 years. Oh, man. And every time he... There's a documentary about this movie, and I've, I've been meaning to watch it. Anytime he tried making it, like something terrible happened. Like something terrible, like out of his control? Yep. Uh, like the first day they started shooting, like there was like a sandstorm. The whole production like got shut down. Like then someone got hurt. Uh, there's a good documentary about it, though. Eventually, he did make the movie, like kind of recently. Uh, but then no one saw it, so whatever. Damn. Uh, and I, I, I was actually meaning to watch it because it's like the longest produced movie like ever. Like they started, technically started making that movie like 20 some years ago. Oh, shit. And they finally got it made. But anyway, Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, Heath Ledger dies. And again, he's kind of like, I can't finish this movie. Luckily, kind of out of like respect for like Heath Ledger, three other actors come in and help finish it. Okay. So it's it's a wild film because like it stars Heath Ledger, but then like Jude Law. Yes. Really? Yep. Oh shit, that was just a guess. Really? Yep. That he's one of them. You really just guessed that? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um I always thought they were kind of similar actors also, so. Okay, so he's Heath Ledger like in the real world and then he goes through like this portal mm. and every time he goes through the portal he looks different. So he gets recasted basically by Johnny Depp, Colin Farrell, and Jude Law. And wow. and by the end the movie gets wild. All it's, of the Harry new Harry Potter actors. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting. We should watch it. Okay. The social network. That's kind of like a breakout role. Plays Eduardo, right? Eduardo, yeah. Yeah. He's the guy that gets screwed over by Zuckerberg. Yeah. He's got that scene where he's like I'm not coming back for a million. I'm coming back for all of it. Very dramatic. It's yeah. so good. That's a good fucking movie. <laughs> David Fincher. Hey, he, he did something I saw recently. He no. did that one with Ben Affleck, uh, Gone Girl. Yes. Yeah. He's an amazing filmmaker. He's not the kind of guy who would go back to do a sequel, but I think Social Network needs a sequel. Really? With everything that's happened with Facebook since... You know? Yeah. I think you could make a very compelling sequel yeah, to Social Jesse Network. Eisenberg would come back. I'm sure he'll do it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, obviously, uh, Spider-Man, Hacksaw Ridge. Didn't see it. Did you see that one? I've heard that it's a very movie? good movie. I haven't seen it, though. It sounds good, but like war movies sometimes stress me out. You're like a medic? I don't know. Oh. Uh. <laughs> it's it's the one by uh, the racist guy. What's his name? Uh, Tom Hanks. No. Nope. 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 That's wrong. <laughs> Cut it. <laughs> Which racist guy? The one who did the Jesus movie and Lethal uh, Weapon. And again, I keep thinking of the name Tom Hanks. I know it's not right. Mel Gibson. Thank you. They were like the same era. Silence, in The Eyes of Tammy Faye, uh, that's this year, and Tick, Tick, Boom. Those are the two movies he's out promoting right now. Yeah. Tick, Tick, Boom just came out on Netflix like a week ago. I not know. Not even a week I, ago. I, it was, it was a like a direct-to-Netflix film. Yeah. 
that came out in theaters too. And I almost saw it in theaters, but I'm probably going to watch it on Netflix. Okay. I'm very interested in that movie because it is directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda and it is his first movie he's ever directed. And you love him. And I love him. He's fantastic. <laughs> no, it's about the guy who wrote uh, Rent, like as he's doing it or whatever. So Yeah, all the minutes in a year. All the 500... <laughs> Anyway, that's the only that's the only reason I know how many minutes there are in a year. By the way. Um, so yeah, he's done some TV, some theater too, because obviously the theater. Every British actor is like a theater guy. I know. <laughs> and then, very interesting, he dated Emma Stone on the set of this movie. Yeah, it was after like filming started, right? Yeah, like they met here, and I guess they started dating, uh, and they were dating through the filming of the next film. Broke up in 2015. Explains why the chemistry is so good in yeah, these movies. Yeah, it really does. Like, it makes perfect sense that they would have gotten together. Yeah. I say keep him. I like him a lot, actually. I had, like, little to no opinion of Andrew Garfield up until, like, recently. Mm-hmm. And then I see, like, this guy's an amazing actor. Like, he has range. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I haven't seen a lot of these movies, but I some of them have been on, on lists for me. Like, Hacksaw Ridge and Tick, Tick, Boom, Other Berlin Girl. And I really want to go back and watch some of those movies now. And he's a very good Spider-Man. I'll die on that hill. Yeah, he no. I mean, we said it. He he did. All of the actors are really good on this movie, but he he definitely stood out. Yeah, um, I like him a lot, and I'm excited to see him in more things. Hopefully, Spider-Man again for a little bit. But yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, we'll see. So definitely keep for me. Emma Stone debuted in an episode uh, in the pilot episode of the new Partridge Family. I don't know what that show is. It was like a reboot. Oh. on the partridge family that it was it didn't get picked up but i thought that was interesting okay she was on an episode of the sweet life of zach and cody i don't remember her being on an episode but i did watch that show as a kid okay <laughs> i can say the same thing about this next thing malcolm in the middle she was an episode of malcolm in the middle again i watched that show i don't remember her being i've in it. seen that show a gajillion times i'm really interested to go back to the episode that she's in to like pick her out i'm sure it's I'm one sure of those things when it. you see yeah. her you'll be like oh like i did not know obviously <laughs> she yeah. wasn't famous yet and then film debut and pretty much the thing that made her super famous, super bad. Yeah. As and this is where I first remember seeing her. That's when I first noticed her. I was yeah. like, oh, that girl's cute. I like her. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're like the same age. <laughs> After that, she was in The Rocker. Have you seen this movie? I've been wanting to see it since like the trailers came out for it and I just haven't. Okay. When I was typing this up, you're like, oh, Rocker, I love that. <laughs> no, I said, I want to see that. Oh, shit. It stars Rain Wilson, Dwight Schrute from The Office. Uh-huh. And he's like a... Oh, I know the one. He's like yeah. a washed out like, yeah, yeah, rock yeah. star. Like, yeah. lives in the attic or something? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I saw I, the trailers, too. Yeah, I saw the trailer. I'm like, I want to see that movie. Never saw it. Never happened. <laughs> the House Bunny. I actually saw this movie recently because Sable had it on. Eh, it's okay. It's, it's not right. that bad. And she plays like the homey, nerdy girl. No. Like the kind of nice girl to counter the uh, all the the slutty playboy girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the main character is played by Anna oh, Ferris. Anna Ferris, and she's supposed to be kind of like the whore. <laughs> Ghosts of Girlfriends Past didn't see it, although curious because she's a wildly different age than uh, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, <laughs> maybe she's maybe maybe it's a flashback thing. I don't know. I didn't see the movie. <laughs> Zombieland. She's great in this. Great movie. She's great in it. We talked about uh, Zombieland on our Halloween special, so go check that out. Hell yeah. She was in the last season of iCarly, and I almost want to go back and find that, because, I mean, I didn't watch iCarly, but I'd seen pieces of like it. Like the last season, like, of the, the original run of it? Yeah, 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 like in okay. 2012. Okay. So, like, I wouldn't have been watching it. No, but she was definitely recognizable by then. But 
I do watch the revival of iCarly, and I think it's really good. Oh, all right. Yeah, me and Sable watch it. Easy A. Saw that movie. That was really good. It was a good movie. It's like a... Scarlet Letter, but yeah, like yeah, modern. It's yeah. It's by Will Gluck, who's made a bunch of kind of like fun kind of rom-coms that are also really good. Oh, okay. Uh, including this next one, Friends with Benefits. She was like a like a side character in that. Crazy Stupid Love, The Help. So more of a serious role. That might be her first serious role here, actually. Probably. Birdman, uh, which is technically called Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Have you seen this movie? Starring Michael Keaton? Yes. I have not seen it. It's fucking fantastic. But I've heard it's very, like, deep, artistic, and, like, dark. It's amazing. And it's sort of about a man, played by Michael Keaton, who is sort of based on Michael Keaton. (laughs) Because he had played a very iconic superhero in a big blockbuster. Yeah, Batman. Called Birdman. And that basically, like, ruined his career because... He can't escape the shadow like of that anymore. that's what everybody knows him as. Yeah. And, yeah, and he wants to prove himself as, like, a real actor. So he, like, writes a play, and he wants to star in this play, but, like, people can't see him as anything other than Birdman. She plays his daughter. The whole movie, by the way, I mean, it's not really, but it's supposed to look like it's one take. The whole movie. Huh. So, like, between shots, like, the camera will go up into the sky, then, like, turn to nighttime real fast, like a, like a fast forward, and then come back down. Okay. It's it's amazing. Favorite memory of mine. I saw this movie in a near empty theater. This old lady leaves like halfway through the movie, like 30 minutes in. She stops at the bottom of the theater, turns around to face the remaining three of us or whatever, and goes, worst movie I've ever seen, and then walks right out. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't make this movie, lady. Like, I'm having a good time. Oh, why are you yelling at me? I don't care about your fucking opinion. <laughs> I'm not going to, like, band up with you and, like, go demand a refund. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Like, let's go get these people. (laughs) Pop star, never stop, never stopping. That's a funny movie. It's so funny. It's so good. (laughs) The Lonely Island. Yes. La La Land. Have you seen La La Land? Yeah, I don't like it as much as other people seem to. You don't like it? I think it's just, like, fine. Shut up. I think Uh, it's you and Blake that love it, right? La La Land is, like, might be one of my favorite movies ever. It's incredible. I'm just like, it's fine. I almost had, I was going to get that piano dude in here. We couldn't get it to work. Just just have an episode about musicals. <laughs> and just <laughs> just to talk about like La La Land and Hamilton, like other like, uh, you know, Chicago movies that are musicals. I think it was around the time uh, In the Heights was coming out. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Zombieland, Double Tap. Haven't seen it. Have you seen the sequel? I have. Damn it. She's great in it. Oh. Same character, obviously. obviously. Yeah, <laughs> and we probably we probably talked about this one on our Halloween episode, and then most recently, Cruella, the Disney. I have not seen it. Not really interested in seeing it. I just don't like the idea of that movie. It's like Joker, but Cruella. Yeah, nothing against Emma Stone. She's great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Emma Stone, like her? Do you hate her? What I like her feelings. I'm, I'm gonna keep her. I've never been like unhappy with any of her performances. I don't think she's like a terrible person. I love her, like, and I don't understand why people don't like her. Yeah. I don't think... You Do know people what, though? not like her, or is it just the people that we're surrounded by that don't like her? Okay, and to be fair, no one I know doesn't like her. The argument is, is she, like, pretty? Some people think she's very beautiful, and other people are like, no, she looks kind of weird. 
She's, that's your opinion. She's, she's pretty. But that's mean, and I think she's yeah. pretty hot. <laughs> so, yeah, that's mean. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things about her is, and so in La La Land, there is a, uh, a, a musical number that she does. Mm-hmm. It's all one take, and it's all in camera. So what they would usually do for musical numbers is that they would film it, and they're they're sort of singing, but that's not the take that's going to go make it into the... You know, and so the film, then they would re-record in a studio so it okay. sounds perfect the same way you would record like for a CD, you know? Oh. CD, whatever. Um, <laughs> and, and they would put that on top. So it's basically like a lip sync, right? Okay. And you can kind of tell in a lot of movies where they start kind of singing and suddenly it's the, the audio quality sounds completely different. Like it sounds it's, too good? It sounds too good. Exactly. Yeah. And so they didn't want to do that in this case because... It wouldn't have that authenticity. So they had her sing it for real. And what's difficult is that you only get like four or five shots out of that. Yeah. Because if she fucks up at any point, then they got to start over. It's not like if they were doing it in a studio, they could just have her start at a certain like part in the song and they'd stitch it together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Didn't the Les Mis movie do that too? Yes. Which made it incredibly difficult. But in the Les Mis movie, they have some bad performances because of that because it's authentic yeah. yeah but i mean what they wanted was they wanted to put the play on film right and preserve some of the authenticities that Which come cool. with I the mean, play that's still an amazing movie yeah you yeah. have to see the performances live like it's live yeah you know what i mean it's not a studio thing no so and it's interesting that they opted to do that yeah so yeah. it's all in camera that one song and she and she's actually a super good singer i was really amazed by her performance in la la land so, uh, super keep, man. So talented. So great. I'm yeah. excited to see more of her, but maybe not in Corella because I'm, I'm, no, I'm not interested <laughs> in watching it. <laughs> Although I heard okay things. Yeah, I'm going to say definitely keep for both of them. These are both fantastic people. They seem fantastic outside of movies as well. For sure. Cool. So, let's keep them both. Let's move on. You ready? Yeah. Into the Phantom Zone. Amazing Spider-Man. Birdo. I am definitely not putting this in the Phantom Zone. I think I liked the movie more this time watching it, too. Like, revisiting it, I enjoyed it more than my first time. And, yeah. like, we discussed, like, this being, like, a new version of Spider-Man or an alternate universe of Spider-Man. Like, it's a very good one and surprisingly fleshed out. Yeah. So, it's just like, there's, That's exactly there's a lot it, yeah. to like here. There's a lot to see here. This movie, at least, should definitely be viewed at least once. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about the second one next week, but this one's definitely not going in the Phantom Zone. Good, yeah, good points. I think, and this is difficult, but I think this might be one of my top Spider-Man movies. I really like this movie. Oh, shit. I don't, <laughs> even, let me think about it for a minute. Like, mm. I mean, there, There's a lot of stuff to like in this movie. Because here's the thing. I'm not a nostalgic person. I mean, I am to some dis- degree, mm-hmm. but I don't let my nostalgia cloud my objectivity when I'm viewing something. Okay. You know what I mean? So, like, I can go back and watch those Raimi movies and be like, I think these movies are just fine. I don't think they're that special. I don't think they're that good. I realized that they were very impactful at the time. And they were a big swing. Yeah, big and swing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're fairly good. But, like, there's a lot of about those movies that I think is silly. And I don't really like. And I enjoy watching it. And I can watch it over and over again. That doesn't mean I think that they're perfect. Right. You know what I mean? I think they're very flawed in a lot of ways. And I think they're not my preference. Like, again, I don't really want to watch an Archie comic kind of superhero movie. I want to watch something that's a little bit more tangible, 
more realistic. I mean, not realistic and like, yeah, Spider-Man, like, again, don't explain the physics be- between behind Spider-Man. I don't care. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, I want the human aspects of this to be realistic. I want it to feel like this exists in our universe, you know. And this movie might do that the best. Okay. Because this is set in a universe where, like, there is no other superheroes. You know, Spider-Man's the only one. Yeah. Like, the MCU Spider-Man, you look at, like, Spider-Man Homecoming... The cops aren't freaking out when they see Spider-Man. Actually, when they see Spider-Man, they're like, yay, it's Spider-Man. He's here to save us on this boat. You know, or like, hey, Spider-Man, do a flip. Like, you're Spider-Man. Like, no one's, you know, people see him on the screen. They're like, oh, yeah, another superhero. Who cares? You know, like, yeah, he's like Iron Man or the Avengers. Like, cool. Like, we get our own neighborhood little Avenger guy now. You know, whereas this, it's kind of like, oh, no, a vigilante is a big deal. And it feels more kind of like grounded. What really works about this movie are the characters and the actors. All the performances are fantastic. Yeah. I mean, even like Dennis Leary is great. He is. He's actually fairly, you know, he's a stand-up comic, by the way. I didn't know that. He's pretty funny, honestly. I know he's an Um, Emmy-nominated actor. Yeah. 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 He. I mean, for like the, for a couple shows. Uh, Rescue Me? Yeah. That's the one where he's a firefighter? Firefighter, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And his stuff is pretty funny. You should check him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone. We just talked about that on Keeper Cancel, but like their chemistry, you really feel it. Mm-hmm. I think I underappreciated Andrew Garfield's acting in general, but he's he's a phenomenal actor. I think he really portrays his character pretty well. Again, he's too cool. Yeah, like he's too cool. Like it, it's hard for us to kind of believe that he'd be bullied, but at the same time, like it really works for Spider Man because. Spider-Man's also, like, a smart, charming guy. Like, he's not yeah. always the guy who's getting picked on. No. Like... He's a smart ass. He's... He's also, like, handsome and... like him. And quippy and smart yeah. and sarcastic sometimes. He gets Gwen Stacy. He gets Mary Jane. He gets Black Cat. Mary like, Jane's a supermodel. <laughs> yeah. Black Cat's like a femme fatale. <laughs> yeah. So... And they throw themselves at him. Yeah. <laughs> I really think it does the human side of the story justice. In a way that even I don't think like Tom Holland's has done quite yet. I think it's going to get there. I think that's something that this film can kind of like say about Spider-Man that the other ones haven't quite done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like even like the Raimi ones, I don't believe the human characters at all. Like, I'm sorry. Like, don't tell Harry. (laughs) (laughs) Even the villain. Like, I sympathize for Kurt Connors more than... Any other Spider-Man villain. Maybe you like Vulture. Vulture was very well done. Vulture? Yeah, I like Vulture. But I think Lizard's a good one. And I, for some reason, I thought Lizard was like a dumb villain. I think it's because I only remember that scene where he's like, Lizards are beautiful. I fucking <laughs> love them. And you remember like the lizard going, bah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and the cops turning into lizards. I forgot to mention that. Oh, yeah, that did happen. But they never show them again. And there's an antidote, so I'm sure they're fine. They show him curing. No, no, they show. Oh, him, they show him curing. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. They show him getting better. What they got happened? Better. What happened while they were lizards? They probably went on a little rampage. They probably for, ate some people for like 15 minutes. Shit got wild. They probably <laughs> ate people. That's fucked up. So yeah, there's some things in this movie that doesn't really work too much. But all in all, I think this movie is very good. And I think part of the reason I don't remember it fondly is because of the sequel that we're about to get to. One of my most hated superhero movies. <laughs> so I'm almost excited to get to that, I guess. Okay. So not in the Phantom Zone. Absolutely watch us. I'm glad I watched it before maybe we see him in Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. And maybe they'll wrap up some of those threads in passing. Who knows? Yeah.
Yeah, so I guess that's it. Oh, Birdo, what movie are we doing next week? The Amazing Spider-Man 2. We're doing Amazing Spider-Man 2, the sequel. Also not available anywhere. You can rent it. I have it on DVD and I've on Blu-ray, and I've never popped that one in. I've only ever seen it the one time. So I own that one, too. So <laughs> No problems for us. But, yeah, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast so you get all our episodes when they come out. Thank you to that piano dude for our musical intro. Make sure you guys leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Please tell a friend. And if you've told a friend, thank you for telling that friend. That really helps. Hopefully your friends will tell your other friends. Yeah, that's happened. And we get a good word of mouth going. I had a friend who was like, oh yeah, I told a friend he listened to it. And I'm like, do I know him? He's like, nope. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Perfect. <laughs> that's how that works. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at Films from the Phantom Zone. Uh, and you can find us on Twitter if you want to argue with us about shit we say at Films from PZ. We're also on TikTok at Films from PZ. A lot of people like to argue on there, too. Uh, so I'll just put something up, and then before I know it, there's um, 45 comments, and people are just like, no, you're wrong. No, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> there's some hot takes on there, let me tell you. That's good. All our episodes are available on YouTube. So just the audio, just like this podcast you're listening, listening to right now. But if that's how you like listening to podcasts, throw up a Chrome browser or whatever, you can do that. Uh, we stream all these episodes live on Twitch. So if you've ever listened to a podcast and you want to be a part of it, you want to talk to the creators while they're doing their podcast, you can do that on here. That's twitch.tv slash films from PZ. You can hang out with us while we, uh, what do we do? We we talk, we drink, yeah, we burp, all those things. <laughs> um, it is not the polished edited version you get. It is It is us live. So come hang out. We're on most Monday nights. Usually around 9 p.m. Eastern time. So again, that's twitch.tv slash films from PZ. Uh, and you can support the show on Patreon. If you're just like, those guys are so cool. They work so hard. I'm going to support the show so they can keep going. We're on Patreon, films from the Phantom Zone. And other than that, I think that's it for me. Is that it for you? I remembered what I was going to talk oh, about. Oh, God damn it. What is it? <laughs> it's at the end of the fucking show. <laughs> it was... Um, Do you love lizards? <laughs> Do you? But uh, no, it was... Um, the Oscorp Tower from this movie almost appeared in the Avengers. I, God damn it, I was going to mention that too. Fuck. <laughs> That's kind of an important like little behind-the-scenes thing too. damn it. This movie almost shared a New York skyline with the Avengers movie. Okay, wait, wait, wait. How do you want to do it? Are we going to leave this in at the very end of the episode? I don't know. Is that or weird? That nobody listens to or are we just going to oh, bump it up to the front? We should probably bump it up a little bit, but also oh, leave God. this part at the end. We're going to do both? We could do both. Okay, both. So, uh, I'm, I'm not leaving this in the other show. That's ridiculous. I'm going to put it back in the middle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's it for us then. We will see you next week. Amazing Spider-Man 2. See ya. Okay, bye.